0: All right, y'all, get ready to crank it up for health, freedom, and healing liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show is about to be on. Well, it's sort of on already, but here we go. Uh, we've got uh, Bobby Ancock's attorney who uh, beat uh, Kathy Hochul, governor of New York, over the quarantine-slash-concentration camps. And believe it or not, this Hochul is out of her mind. She's, she's appealing the decision. She wants to make sure she can lock up New Yorkers, as they say. We'll get to her in hour two. In hour one, we've got scheduled guest uh, brothers. Here we go. I'm looking at it here. Guy and Elon Ferdman. And we're going to be talking uh, souls and seekers and uh, what they're doing to ramp up your reality in a good way, in a powerful way, in an empowering way. That's coming up as well. We've got a lot to cover on the show today between you and your questions that you submitted at robertscatbell.com. But first up, What do we call this equity and medical school? Let's see how those things mix when we start up the show in just a moment. All right, Super Don, let's crank it up. The Robert Scott Bell Scott Bell Show.
1: voice of health freedom and liberty
0: the robert scott bell show for those of you who weren't able to make it to the world premiere event on saturday three times we showed the documentary film utah safe and effective uh, it's now available for free all around the world by going to utahsafeandeffective.org i don't know super don if you put that link in the show notes but Uh, A lot of people uh, came, enjoyed it and uh, are sharing it, but now we have access to it throughout the world without appointment. You don't have to buy a ticket. It's absolutely free. This documentary that's going to go through uh, a lot of the real human tragedies, the stories of people who trusted uh, the shot would be safe and effective when in fact it wasn't. In addition, a lot of uh, controversy surrounding the conflicts of interest with uh, government, media, medicine and church. You know, we talk about the history of wanting a a country, those of us in America that had uh, not a theocracy, but you could actually live your wildest religious dreams if you want, as as long as you violated the rights of no one else. But the government couldn't tell you what you had to believe or not believe. And so people said that's a, a better place than having a state sanctioned religion. I've argued for decades on this show that the state sanctioned religion does exist. And it's modern medicine or otherwise we call it the church of pharmaceutical mysticism. So as I've called for something different than separation of church and state, and by the way, that doesn't mean if you're a person of faith, you go into government and you have to leave your faith at the door. That's not what I'm saying. It's about state sanctioned religion. It's about an official state religion as opposed to you don't bring your spirituality and you should bring that everywhere you are. It's who you are. But when it comes to medicine and state, who has called for a separation of medicine and state and the folks with the health independence Alliance, as I was working with them on this documentary for the first time I saw in print writing down, we need to look into a separation of medicine and state. I was like ecstatic. Finally, I'm not the only one. We've got to have freedom in healing again, or else uh, the disaster will continue to ensue. Modern medicine, the third leading cause of death by their own, peer-reviewed publication standards. It's a very low standard now, but I've argued they're the second and first leading cause of death as well because what they do in intervening for preventive maintenance, whether it be through injection or drugs, causes the second and third leading cause of death, cancer and heart disease. So I argue they are the leading cause of death in the West, and the most dangerous thing you can have in America is really good medical insurance. And now brought to you by medical schools that have lowered their standards for equitable purposes. You know that term equity, which doesn't mean what you think it means. It means basically we'll let you in based on standards that have nothing to do with the academic standards we used to require, but based on the color of your skin, where you're from, your sexual orientation, whether you've been transgendered or want to be or not, or whether you identify as a cat, dog or possum insanity of like, who are you? I don't know. It's whatever I'm being groomed to be told I am. I'll just go with it. Girls who are tomboys are now clearly they want to be men. No, no, they're tomboys like always a uh, headline at uh, our friends at natural news. It's an article by Lance Johnson. Medical schools are lowering standards in the name of equity to boost minority acceptance while abandoning quality of care. Now I- I'm torn about this because the quality of care that I received growing up in a medical pharmaceutical family was pretty rotten, horrible. And I'm not saying the doctors weren't nice. I'm not saying they were mean to me and angry people trying to hurt me. But if I talk about quality of care, I would think, all right, from zero to 19 years of age and anything and everything they did for me, for my various ailments, acute and chronic infections, Skin rashes and disorders, allergies, respiratory, skeletal inflammation. that's just part and parcel to a bigger story. But everything they did did not solve the problem. In fact, it made things worse. And so if if that's the quality we're abandoning, good Lord, where is it going? Where is it going? And there, you know, I went to uh, a major quote unquote, research university. The idea, uh, as my young self said, I want to grow up and be a doctor. And I've told this story many times. My uncle, the medical doctor, said, little Scotty Bell, my middle name I was called by at the time, you don't want to be a doctor. I'm like, Uncle Bob, you're a doctor. What do you mean I don't want to be a doctor? My uncle, the, the doctor, says not to be a doctor. What are you talking about? As the long story short, he saw my spirit. He knew that I would not be satisfied. But it was years later when I figured it out at university, going down that track and realizing, oh, my gosh, if I did to other people what doctors have done to me for 19 years, I would be miserable. And he was right. And so that goal and dream of being a doctor took a backseat and four or five years later answered a prayers. I met a homeopathic doctor, studied with him for 10 years intensely and transformed my health within two and never looked back went organic, detoxified my liver, began to supplement. Don't adopt GMOs as a religion for sure. And here I am, as they said, mid-50s, some are arguing, it's almost late 50s, Robert. I'm like, I don't feel it, considering where I was in my 20s. Lacking energy, having inflammation, systemic, respiratory issues, digestive issues, you name it, I had it. And so they're abandoning some kind of standard for medical school, apparently, for equity's sake. There's something called the MCAT, the Medical College Admission Test. We all knew about MCATs. You got to see, for pass those first, see if you can even get in to apply for medical school. It was fairly competitive. You had to have good grades and on and on some of the standards you had to meet. Now, did it did it determine whether a doctor was a good doctor or not? Not necessarily because, you know, the, the old joke or question is, what do you call uh, a doc? Well, yeah, what do you call the guy who, who, who finished last in, in his medical school class? And the answer is doctor, you know, it isn't about the grade so much as they're come, they come out and they're trained to do what since 1910, the Flexner report of 1910 basically established that all medical curricula that would be legitimized and legitimate would teach only patented petrochemical medicines. That is medicines converted via organic chemistry from coal tar and oil into patents that could be profitable for many years to what manage symptoms not cure disease. And in that point, the overt attack on homeopathy, on naturopathy, on chiropractic, on herbs, anything that was considered traditional medicine now became, you know, outcast. They, they use the term quackery, which I would really call people who use mercury and toxic poisons as quacks in reality. But the idea that you can poison people back to health is absurd, and you can talk to a fourth grader, and they'll be smarter than a doctor who's graduated that is providing poison by the pen to you, the patient, to suppress symptoms or force things to happen in the body that aren't happening, never concerning themselves with reason as to why things have gone awry, why they're wrong, other than to say, hey, we don't know, like they told me, but maybe one day you'll grow out of it. Here, take some more drugs. Here, have some more shots. I got this surgical procedure I can offer you. Do I sound upset? Not really. I'm actually grateful for the lessons I learned. If I'm upset, I'm upset because so many people are still worshiping doctors. The allopathic methodology that will only poison them back to, well, suppression of symptoms, but providing 10, 15, 20, 30 other symptoms that are then managed by other drugs leading you to the second and first leading cause of death, cancer and cardiac events. And what have we seen after COVID jabs, cardiac events in younger and younger people. How many of you old, old like me and super Don remember when all of your friends were dropping dead suddenly of heart attacks or, or diagnosed with inflammation of the sac around the heart. Strokes. I mean, you talk about the rarest of rare events. Occasionally you'd hear of a high school athlete that would die of heat stroke in spring football practice. And now they're arguing that there's sudden adult death syndrome after COVID jabs came to be. You can't make this up. And yet people are still looking to those medical people and the medical institutions and governmental institutions that are aligned or purchased by the pharmaceutical industry to guide us out of this mess that they orchestrated? What do they say about insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Why would you go to the same entities, thought forms and consciousness that created the disaster that you now acknowledge as a disaster to say, hey, you guys help get us out of this mess? And that is the essence of the documentary film, Utah Safe and Effective. UtahSafeAndEffective.org for free. Everybody can watch this. Please share it. And you'll see, posited some thoughts that I don't think have made it to the general public yet, much less the higher functional uh, people with critical thinking skills. Because if they see and hear this, at the very least, they'll be thinking about, "Hmm, that's interesting. I hadn't considered that." And there are many people that are trying to establish parallel or separate type pathways because they recognize now, as I've said, we can't go through those same entities and institutions that expect them to correct at all because they're so far gone so we're just going outside and going hey we're going to do our thing but if we do our thing and not realize how we got here and the institutional conflicts of interest we may end up in the same place so i'd like to see that we can do better as we move forward and as we move forward i have a couple of new guests i've never interviewed before just met them briefly before the show it's a scary daunting task to sometimes interview new folks but i'm not concerned because these guys i can tell the energy coming from them is awesome Guy and Elon Furman. I hope I'm saying Elon's name correctly. When I bring him up, he can tell me if I am. <laughs> and uh, they, they have soulsandseekers.com, soulsandseekers.com. And it looks like you guys are empowering people to do great things in this lifetime based on what I'm sensing already. And did I say Elon? Is that your, how do you, how do you pronounce e- yeah, it? Yeah,
2: Elon, like Elon Musk.
0: Oh, Elon with an I. Okay. And then uh, your brother, your brothers, are you not? We What's are. Guy? Yes, we are. Very right, deal. So. Awesome. Well, look, you're looking like you're the picture of health. You don't look like your customers of the pharmaceutical industrial company. <laughs>
3: no, it
0: was
2: so cool to to sit backstage and just listen. And I was like, Oh my God, he's going to get me all ranty and like all up on this. And um, yeah, it was just, it's, it, it's really nice to hear. And I know it takes a lot of courage to bring this kind of stuff to light, especially what, with what happened and how many people got, Blackballed and blacklisted and da 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 da. So I just uh, I sat here with a huge grin on my face. I was like, yeah, yeah. tell them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're right. I mean, this is something that I, I respect. Now the docs that have stepped up and out of their paradigm, their comfort sure. zone, they got outraged. So that tells me the soul, if you will, was was eking through where many of them have uh, lived in in a place of cowardice and still are unwilling to speak up unwilling to go against those who would uh, then cut them off so to yes. speak, economically or otherwise. And I'm thinking, why are you here? Do you understand what you're doing is resulting in, in death and in great danger to young people, much less every. And so at what point do you go, the excuse of I, I got to pay for my car and my home and my kid's education. When is that not an excuse anymore? You, you also, that's the thing that I didn't quite understand. Like at some point as any sort of
2: practitioner, Business person, whatever you're you also have to go to bed at night like and the thing that always bothered me was like how do people do the things that they do mm-hmm. and then go to bed at night knowing that they're harming other people, I mean to just kind of give you a transition um, you know I, neither guy nor I got vaccinated and I think at the beginning when it was happening, there was this huge collective, you know, like we could feel it, but there was this huge collective fear Pressure. across the globe, right? And when when people's nervous systems are in a fight, flight, or freeze response, and this was, I mean, we'd never experienced anything like this. I don't care who you are. Like we had never experienced anything like this. And there was so much collective fear and it was just winding people's, nervous system so much and there was no end in sight right it's like no one knew when this was gonna end and then all of a sudden someone comes through and goes I got this magic thing for you it's gonna make all this fear go away right and people do like, it to me do it to me I'll take two you know it, it, it didn't matter because it wasn't about the it wasn't about the jab mm-hmm. it was about the make this anxious fearful state that I am in disappear. And I think for Guy and I, like we've been so blessed because we've been doing personal development work and more recently, like energetic, somatic work. I could watch the entire chaos of what was happening outside. I could feel the collective. I could feel the fear Mm -hmm. inside my body as well. We just had so many tools to actually be able to be with the fear and not have to like jump into something. And I remember I sat there, and, and Guy and I actually like sat and meditated on this. And we'd like track the the virus, and we would track you know the 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 information that we were getting, and we were tracking like the the uh, vaccine and stuff like that. And it was just a hard no. Like every time I brought it to my awareness, it was like nope.
0: Yeah, if Don't you me. connected, uh, what I talk about, you know, the divine communication. That which is, you know, going back to origin point, the true wisdom, the true healing comes from places far higher than government or your doctor. And uh, I've realized as a homeopath, and, and I try to impart this on other healers of all kinds, that your, your role is not to find the right remedy for your patient. It's to connect them, reconnect them to the source of all healing. That's right. And that is their divinity. No, and then everything else will flow from that. And it might work through the, your scholastic education, but it might not. You might be guided away from that as we've seen in terms of many doctors now realizing that they have been lied to and deceived. Like I recognized early on because of my journey. And, and, you know, this is a good thing. This is happening for our benefit. Even though I would say, man, it kind of sucks that we've lost friends and family members over this. And and there's been a lot of divide because fear is the virus, if you will, or the virus is fear. And that's the starting point that leads to all of these other disasters we're witnessing yet at the same time, the potential for an awakening or a renaissance like never before, as I've been interacting with all kinds of doctors that used to shun me. And they're like, what do you know? And we're going and in an egalitarian way rather than I'm above you. We're all like, hey, we, we signed up to do this for what I perceive to be the right reasons. And now I finally see I was programmed not to see anything else, for instance. And so it's yeah. opening wide the opportunities that I feel I sense you guys are engaged in. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, something we saw a long time ago. I I heard someone say a really beautiful line, and um, I heard that Gorbachev was quoted saying that after uh, uh, USSR fell apart, that the reason for that was Chernobyl. I was like, oh, that's a curious thing. And uh, basically, he said, you know, at the time where that happened, there was a collective experience that was happening to hundreds of thousands of people that were getting sick while the government was saying, everything is fine, everything is fine, don't look here. And in that way, they lost trust. People saw the the... Kind of the curtain they were behind of right the com- curtain of communication and narrative that they were behind, which in essence has always been happening here too. You know, like just under a different banner. Maybe it's a little bit freer and, without a doubt, you know a better system it seems. And we're still all part of. We give our authority away. We don't have our personal power. And he said, "Look, the people in that moment realized that the reality that they were facing and the reality that the government were saying were completely two different paths." Within a number of years you had these people basically like spread their energy and we couldn't hold it together anymore. The narrative fell apart and no one believed in the system. And you see the same thing after like World War II and, you know, moments of great grief for humanity. Suddenly, there's an uprising and almost like a waking up because we just seem to be kind of procrastinating with where we're at. And, you know, we go from World War II to kind of Stepford Wives to the acid head movement in a matter of what, 15 years? And since then, we've seen a wild progression in consciousness and people opening up. And, you know, all these conversations that we're kind of dealing with, some of them cause havoc, some that don't. But this is, this is how humans explore, just like children. and like, oh, let's break that and see how that goes. Let's fix that and see how that goes, right? We're, we're very curious creatures. And so we keep doing this dance. And uh, my, my personal contention is that we don't need a, a majority to believe really in anything. When you do healing work, you see the impact of a single healthy body on other consciousness and other people around them right it's like that old uh, uh jesus allegory he walks into a village and everyone heals because of his, his state of beingness and so uh ken wilbur has this statistic that says it's a it takes about five to ten percent adoption rate of a certain level of consciousness before you see mass adoption and so we think we need to get like everyone behind us everyone has to think the same and feel the same and 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 all this kind of stuff and, and that type of thinking in our opinion has led to to warfare Mm. Trying to get 8 billion people to think, act, and agree on what reality is is just, for lack of a better word, fucking insane. So, well, <laughs> you know, yeah. we really want to look at what 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 is the connects humanity underneath. And to mm-hmm. kind of your guys' point, like we all really want to feel safety in our body. We want to feel well-being within our systems. And that's our sovereign right to have those things. And whether it's this system, whether it's because of COVID or anything else, the way society is currently structured, we see this with gun violence and everywhere. These are bodies that don't feel safe in this world, that are expressing mm-hmm. that lack of well-beingness in a very physical way that makes us all look. Now, if we recreated how we brought children into this world, how they connected and attached to their parents, that they felt literally well-being and safe in their bodies, that gets expressed into our reality as well. And so, you know, this this kind of way that governments and pharmaceuticals take advantage of these um, systems that have been created to create this fear, it creates a very easy way for people to be manipulated. And it's really until you come back into yourself, right? Because we've all been trained to, yes, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. To authority from when we were in school and with our parents and to doctors, but you got to come back into your own. And yeah, you can take the advice of of authority and say, hey, look, all right, this person seems knowledgeable, but you got to come back and be able to feel within your own sovereignty, whether that's an appropriate thing for you to do. And most people just unfortunately go with the herd and um, you know, are too afraid of the backlash. And a lot of that is, like you said, doctors who won't do that because they're in a safe little cocoon. They're making a good living. And what happens when you take that away from that individual? They go into a deep state of panic and fear.
0: Well, their the value system is external to their spiritual reality. Uh, And that's a freedom that we've been granted while we're here on this planet. I acknowledge that. And that's part of the learning process. Was there a learning process for you guys? Or were you born into this consciousness and awareness as brothers? Ah. (laughs) Man, I wish I was born into this consciousness and awareness.
2: Uh, Have people been born? Maybe. Uh, No, definitely, definitely not. Uh, Guy and I had, we were both immigrants. So both born in Israel to Russian immigrant parents who moved to Israel and we all moved here when we were fairly young, you know, our parents did the best that they knew how to do. And like for anyone that's been out there and been an immigrant, you know, we survived on $400 a week that my parents were making between three or four jobs. Um, it was definitely not the, the most incredible upbringing when it came to resources, Um, and our parents love each other. Uh, they're still married, um, still love each other. So we, we were blessed in that regard and something that it took us a long time to realize, I think we started our journey about 20 plus years ago, actually 20 exact 20 years. Exactly. Um, you know, you're going about your life and you're going about your business. And the first thing that we started doing was a lot of mindset work. So we were kind of more in that neurolinguistic programming, reframing, find a new story, all that kind of stuff, which a lot of people do find this voice in your head, realize it's not you. And that was great. And we did that for about 15 years. We were coaching people on it, et cetera. We got great results where we struggled after about 15 years. And maybe some of the audience knows this feeling well, like When you put in so much work and effort into yourself, into learning about yourself, and then you're still dealing with the same things 5, 10, 15 years down the track, it gets very disheartening. And it gets very, the longer it happens, I call it this boomerang effect, because mindset work, what I've realized is it's a great foundation. However, it's a band-aid because there's stuff that's happening below your neck, like below your head that this mind has no access to it. Like they speak two totally different languages. And the issue with that is you're trying to solve what's happening in here, like how the nervous system responds. You're trying to solve it with this. So this is looking down at it and going, that's not good. That's not okay. That's not right. That should be different. This is not how this is supposed to be. And every time it says that, you're actually creating resistance in the body. And so the nervous system, right, is trying to impart something on you. It's like, hey, pay attention to me. And this is going down like, I don't got time for that. Let's, let's numb this thing. And anxiety, stress, overwhelm, restless leg syndrome, you name it, ADHD, right? Like, why are these created? They're fantastic labels. For what? So that they can come up with a solution in the form of a pill and go, oh, this will help you with that. And so mindset, what we found was this thing where it's like, it's a glorified Band-Aid, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can empower yourself, but that thing is still hurting inside. And maybe that Band-Aid stays on for a week or a month or even a year, but eventually something's going to come through and it's going to punch it. And when that thing falls off after you've done all this work, that's when it gets really uh, alarming, I guess, or like really annoying. And so... We got to this place 15 years down the road where we're like, okay, I'm sick of this Band-Aid stuff. I want to know if there's a way to actually heal. And I mean like truly heal from within. And it got us on this completely different path. And I'm not going to get into like the too many things, but it involved plant medicine. It involved somatic healing. It involved energetic healing. It involved... Internal family systems and Okomi, and all of these different things. And what we started to realize was that yes, you can actually heal these aspects of yourself if you're willing to go within. And we've all heard these books like, the only way out is through. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people quite understand what through means because through means touching aspects of yourself that were deep in agony or deep in sadness or pent up rage or anger or frustration or heartbreak things that the mind when they happened was like, I will protect you. You're never going to have to feel that again. Right. And so (laughs) all the things that we've done, we've given this more tools and more management skills to help us avoid feeling what's actually there. And the truth is life is going to keep coming at you. To highlight those things, because what your body wants, what the nervous system wants is for that energy to move through energy, like emotion is energy in motion, it wants to move through. We're the ones that go like, Oh, no, this skin, this is so bad. And we're the ones keeping it inside. I was just on a call with with somebody the other day, right? He's just uh, had cancer now the second time and he after doing this work, like he started saying to me, he's like, you know what I'm realizing that, uh, he, he he had come out like years down the road, but like he, when you're hiding anything from your outside world, right? Like, and we all hide, whether you feel like you're stupid, those are the people that end up being doctors or engineers. They have the most right. They got to prove whether you feel like you're a loser. These are the people that end up winning championships, right? Like we're always hiding from ourselves in the world the thing that we're most afraid that they'll see Mm -hmm. but that container of trying to bury this thing and hide it takes so much energy that we are literally building cancer in our body and this stuff has to come out one way or the other and so for guy and i it's like are you going to wait for a doctor to come and diagnose you with something where you have to have this epiphany and wake up and start doing the work or are you like you know what I'm gonna start looking and doing this stuff now. in the comfort of my own home, when I have time and energy and resources, because one way or another, we all have to go within to face these things. And we were young enough and motivated enough, I guess, to to go down these paths um, of of really getting interested, and we've gotten chance to sit with and be with some of the most amazing, amazing teachers. I don't know if if, uh, if we said this before, but Guy and I, over the last 20 years, have spent over a million dollars in our education preparation. Like we have spent 10x what most people spend on going to college, like in our experiences to learn this stuff, not because we wanted to teach it, but because it was so impactful for our lives and our families and now raising our kids. And so, yeah, it was it was not definitely not born into it.
0: Well, what was the conversion into the teaching aspect of it? Because at a certain point, you you got this, and you probably sensed like the true origin of the word doctor. In fact, is teacher and and healer. That it isn't enough to have the information for yourselves. That you probably something was bubbling up. Said we got to share this.
3: Yeah. Um, long story short, I was I was between twelve and nineteen. I was dealing with very deep depression, a lot of anger. You know, kind of typical teenage strife stuff. But in my mind, I actually knew. If I couldn't resolve this by roughly around 21, like I I was no longer interested in in playing this game of life. I went and had done a uh, a program at that time. It was like a three day program. and, And just this little note of listening to the mind, it's called the subtle awareness of your mind, was an immediate, huh? Oh, I'm not the thoughts in my head. I'm the one listening to the thoughts in my head. Was this little enough spaciousness to give me room to question my reality and all these little other markers that came uh, right around that time. And I, I had this story from when I was 14 years old about a friend's father who had battled cancer and, and lost. And I remember specifically at that time thinking to myself, bad things happen to good people. That's just the way it is. And de facto, I'm a, bad, I'm a good person. Bad things will start happening to me. And so they did. Right. But this is just perception. And my perception, not only did it happen Mm because what you emit into this reality, which is really an organic hologram that's relating to our output signal, started creating these circumstances for me. And then your mind creates this book of evidence. So when people ask you about your reality, you're like, see my book of evidence, it's right here. And so I had this very strong evidence for it. And I remember I had done these two exercises and suddenly I realized the reality was way more malleable than I had imagined. I was not these thoughts in my head. I was this witness who had believed these thoughts in my head. And I remember I was walking home. I was living in Boston at the time, in Quincy, if anybody knows where that is, down the red line. And I was about to go down the stairs in that 15-minute walk from from this class to back to the subway. I was like, could it be that I made all this shit up? Is that really possible? And it, it like just struck me like lightning. I remember I lifted my right foot off the ground. By the time it came down, I was clear and sure that I made all that stuff up. I had this intense, like, awakening experience, like, very, like, strong vibration in my body to the point where I started shaking, and a smile had come over my face, and I hadn't smiled in like six or seven years at that point in time. It was like impossible mm-hmm. to get me to smile. And I woke up the next morning, and I see that the the vibratory colors of the world had changed. Like, it was like I forgot what a tree had looked like. It wasn't green anymore; it was gray. And I remember walking outside, be like, "It's green? That's blue." <laughs> like, it, didn't, it didn't even make sense to my mind anymore. It mm-hmm. so radically changed my my inner perception. And so my family had known me this way for for quite some time. And it's like, they lost connection with who I was and they, they missed who I was. Mm-hmm. And I remember I picked up my, the phone to my parents to tell them that I had basically like a spontaneous awakening. And I say, hello, and my mom just starts crying. I, had, I didn't even tell her what happened. She just starts crying. Because again, this is energy. Like if you guys don't get what's happening, we are mammals. Mm-hmm. The reason birds can fly in the air and that animals can migrate all over the planet, it's energetic signaling, right? If you think that humans aren't energetically signaling each other, look again, there's a reason a parent knows what a child needs. There's a reason when you walk into a room and there was a fight there, something feels kind of off, or you walk into a room, and you don't want to be there. Your body's constantly giving you data. It, it wants you to have information from, from your environment. So in that moment, what I get now, 20 years later, is I call my mom and she could feel my energy. What she felt was her son again. Yeah, She had felt like I got taken away from her. And so this three days... I started sharing myself and people didn't know what to make of me. Cause it's like, if you had seen a person on a Friday and they weigh 250 pounds mm-hmm. and then you see them on Monday and they weigh 150 pounds, yeah. right? Like, like spiritual weight that had fallen mm-hmm. off. People like, were like, what happened to you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, but it happened over there and you should go check it out. And so my family started going, friends started going because no one can make sense of me anymore. And they needed to understand in their, in their mental aptitude how something like that could happen to a person. Now they can change so rapidly. And so for me, up until that moment, I was a bit of a lost soul in this world. Didn't really know my purpose, but I had felt like I had a, a mm. lot of potential that didn't know where to go, what to put it into. And when that happened, that was like a bell got rung. And I was clear that that's something I wanted to do, invested many years. And then when I started working with people, I just found my, my purpose. You know, like that was clearly mm. my heart's work. Great, Grateful that my brother. um when a few months later, I thought he had it all figured out, and he would get nothing from these programs. You know, simultaneously, also had quite a big of awakening experience, and it was just like we just saw what it was like to serve people in that way that you like touch them in the deepest way, and that was it. Here we are, 20 I, years I later.
0: Do. I I just remember the teenage years, the angst, the identity issues, the the peer pressure that doesn't go away when we become adults, as we've seen. Yeah. Uh, and I just had, you know, a thought. In fact, uh, here we got. Uh, let me see if I can show this. Uh, someone watching there, uh, Diliana says, it will be great for you guys to make a program for teens and share your wisdom and knowledge and experience. And it was a thought before I saw that, I'm like, this is what I'm thinking as well, because right. there's so many of the Gen uh, uh, Y and Z, the millennials and post-millennials that are struggling, perhaps like we did, but maybe more so because of the confusion, the identity issues we've been covering yeah. on this show as well. It's like as Super Don and I, pretty much same generation, the Gen Xers we are. And we were like, just rub it off and go on, rub some dirt in it, move on. And a lot of these things don't affect us the way that there's a hypersensitivity of these following generations. Now I I can argue a lot of reasons in toxicology and nutrient deficiency that are impacting that. And it's not to diminish that as a a reality, but so much of our culture in the West has been worshipful of the mind, that computer. And you said it guy, in terms of realizing you're not the mind, you're the one listening to what the mind is chattering about that's right. You could also program the mind, but we've also received messages, whether it be unconsciously from our parents, and they didn't even know they were programming us, or these other programs that are running that now seem to be running their course as people are hitting that wall and going, something's not working. We had a suspicion of it, but we're seeing an absolute halting of the way we've become accustomed to in our culture and society, whether it be economics, politics, you name it, or medicine, as we've seen. A lot of these walls are being hit so it seems like you guys are on to something that's so significant and that maybe you have developed, in fact, programs and protocols that people could tap into and super Don, let me bring you into the mix. Did you get the link set up in our show notes for people to go further? Cause maybe there are people resonating right now with guy and Elon going, I, we got, I want to do some more with this. Right. And I just want to make sure we send them the right place. Super D in, in the show notes today is everything. We're
1: good. We're yeah. good. <laughs> awesome. yes, sir.
0: So if you guys scroll down in the show notes today, you're going to see our special guest guy and Elon Ferdman. And as you scroll down below it, you'll see this thing called discover three, the three simple sacred secrets to mastering your mindset and energetic system. So you can become a high performing individual leader or entrepreneur. Uh, I guess, I I don't know. Is is this like a, a free access scenario that can lead to other programs that people want to go to? What will they learn as they plug into this initially?
3: yeah so there's a few things that you guys will get if you sign into that and i want to explain why they're important um the first thing is we have a a group on facebook with over 40,000 members that we train weekly on the stuff that we're talking about here and we're like scratching the surface of of what we can do with this and what you guys can do with this to be perfectly honest a second thing is there's a a 28 day meditation challenge these are four meditations and a lot of people roll their eyes Fuck meditation but um here's the thing most people do meditation they think you're supposed to quiet your mind when you do these meditations, please don't quiet your mind. Yeah. These We call these active healing meditations. We show you how to go into higher states of consciousness, which is way easier than you think. And we show you what's the practical application of bringing that awareness towards your body. Because uh, Robin mentioned this before, like, When we talk about medicine it's about bringing the body to well-being through neutrality you're you're adding a frequency to the body that's what homeopathy is correct me if i'm wrong yeah you're you're giving a a, a, like a data set to the body and you're saying hey look and the body can create neutrality and that neutrality something arises it's the same thing with the energy in your body it's the same thing with your mind we have a uh, an ecosystem that shows us what is constantly trying to put itself in balance everywhere we look in the universe balance where when you're constantly in the mind, you're disbalancing your own energetic body. So these meditations are about how to bring that harmony back. And we see people have like massive healing experiences just by taking advantage of it. And then the last bit here, this is the third part and really important is I'll show you a demo that you can do at home right now to bring this subtle mind awareness that I just spoke of and even more important, subtle energy awareness to the body. Because what people don't, again, don't recognize and what Rob was mentioning with people like and how we program ourselves is you know, the the caregiver's job when you have a a child, there's these things called attachment systems. I won't get into all that. We don't have time to discuss it, but ultimately when you're a child and you're feeling not safe, you have a hyperactive nervous system. A child does this thing called a reach and respond. They walk up to the parent, put their hands up. Every parent has seen this, right? And then the parent's job is to pick up the child and not talk to the child because the child doesn't know what the hell you're saying, but they're supposed to, uh, basically imbue their own nervous system signaling towards the child to show the child system how to downregulate and get into a rest and digest healthy state. Mm. Now, when you have dysregulated parents or a dysregulated environment, your system naturally picks up on that dysregulation and so becomes dysregulated. Now for, again, it's funny, we keep mentioning all these things, but the way your nervous system work when you were a child is still the way it works now. I know you're bigger, I know you feel wiser, and I know all these things about you like you're an adult, but like nothing changed your biology, your physiology, your energetics, it's the same. And so there's a certain need that wasn't met for the child at that time when when the dysregulation happened. And what we want to do through these practices is we want to help your nervous system meet those needs so that the dysregulation can stop and you can come out of the psychosis that we call a fight or flight response, because that's what all of so many amalgamations, psychosomatic diseases in our society are implications of people not feeling safe, not feeling well-being. And we can talk about safety. We can talk about well-being, but these are not ideas. These are felt senses within you that you can identify just like you can with love or anger or anything else. And when you get that feeling into your body and you're like, oh my God, and human beings do learn through contrast. Mm -hmm. We learn through relativity and so how would you know that you're stuck in a fight or flight response if you've been there for 20, 30, 40 years? You need to come out of that state and reflect, oh my God, that's where I've been. And so when you, when you come down, when you come down from that, uh, it is truly a life-changing experience. And I saw somebody <laughs> say guaranteed no, and, but we do guarantee it. And, and I'll tell you why, because we have never implemented this work with anybody and not seen it work. Now, you got to show up and do, do the work. You got to be committed to your own practice. We're not saying you come to a weekend retreat and like life just works itself out. Elon and I are where we are in our systems because we're deeply committed to this work and we do it on a daily basis. However, we can show you simple practices that take no more than five or 10 minutes a day to help you begin to co-regulate and regulate your nervous system. And this will completely change the way you perceive the world.
0: You guys ever uh, do in-person events? I mean, this is something that I I find, especially with the fear that was thrown over everybody to say, we must divide, separate, isolate, hide, because we're going to kill one another by breathing. Uh, Obviously, the most absurd uh, message, the most anti-life message, much less anti-God message that there ever was. uh, Coming together, I find it's important as well. In addition to the groups that we have, the ability to broadcast online like we do. Do you have any events coming up?
2: Uh, we do currently, again, because of COVID, right? We, we moved all of our events and we do a two-day live event every roughly eight weeks. Now we're still doing them on Zoom. Uh, this will be the first year that we're probably going to do them back in person, but we don't have anything scheduled yet. Okay. Um, you know, we the first event that we've done since COVID in person, we actually take a, a group of ours, like our higher end clients. And we do plant medicine work with uh, ayahuasca in the jungles of Colombia. So we got to do that this year, which was amazing. We had people from the UK and Canada come and, you know, they couldn't get, they couldn't leave their countries for God knows how long. So it was just a really, really beautiful celebration. Um, And yeah, like the nice thing about what happened and the fact that we can do this work on Zoom, it's kind of... Mind-bending when you're sitting thousands of miles away from Guy and I, and Guy. By the way, I'm I'm in Florida. Guy's in California, so we're on opposite ends. Um, it's really profound when someone's sitting in their living room or in their bedroom or whatever, and they're having these full-on ecstatic, like body release experiences from a live event or from doing our meditations. We get so many people that contact us like. I haven't cried like that in years, or I haven't felt this huge release in years, right? Energy is energy. It doesn't matter when it was recorded. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, a, it's a frequency that is here, and your system resonates with that frequency, regardless of whether you're in person or online. I actually find that for people to have some of these experiences online, virtually makes it more of a mind bending experience. Cause sometimes when you're with a healer, it's like, oh, they put their hands on me. Their hands must be like wired or magical or whatever it is. Or I must be in this like really energetic, rich center. So that's the only way I could feel it. When you're like on the couch in your own living room where you've sat and eaten potato chips and now you're having this like <laughs> full on body release. It's it's like, it's kind of uh mind expanding.
0: Yeah. Uh, would you define them as mystical experiences or does that seem to be uh disconnecting for people that may be off put by things like that i mean what experience i mean it sounds like it's more of a grounding connectedness to the source of all as i said wisdom healing and it's another method to get there
2: yes so the thing that i always tell people it's like guy and i are not doing anything we're not a healer what we've been gifted with or have access to is an ability to cultivate Cultivated. We've cultivated. Cultivated is, is a ability to transmit something. And that transmission is we open up a space that literally allows your human self, body self to actually connect to the higher, to the source, as you had mentioned, Scott, like to really just connect to the, all of it. And that is what is informing you. That is what is doing the healing. That is what is shifting things. That is what is informing you. That is what uh, giving you insights or direction. And so for me, kind of like I said in the beginning, right, when, when the COVID happened, vaccine happened, I would just sit and I would ask. I would just get clear information. I was like, what's happening now? What should I do with this? What is about this? And you start getting your truth. Not mine, not guys, not Scott's, like, just like your truth. And so I don't know that it's mystical per se, although I've had some pretty crazy experiences. I think it's more you are tapping into the highest version of yourself. And so whether it's someone that's dealing with anxiety, whether it's someone looking to, you know, 10X their business, whether it's someone stuck in their health, what we typically do is we go out there to try to get information, right? It's like, like everything is out here instead of turning inwards and getting that information from within. We had people who have been dieting for years in three months, lose near 70 pounds without really changing anything or going on a diet. It just, there's like emotional trauma and weight that we're holding on. There's all sorts of things that we're just not, listening to the way our body's
0: communicating unloading and, the blockages is, is a big part of this energetically as you said and i, I love the fact that you understand the resonant uh, frequencies of homeopathy and what they're doing very few people know that and yeah uh, tell you guys are there and, and guy hey, have you have you worked with uh aaron Rodgers? hear a lot about that. <laughs>
3: uh we're not too far removed yeah i mean recently we're we're in conversations on how to start working with some more people like that and look i mean same thing right like Sports to sports, the guy is still a spiritual being looking for his own journey. And at the end of the day, like that's our purpose. Everything else is a self-expression of that. And that's why we look at it. You know, it's that we (laughs) when we do our taxes, our accounts are always like, how do you guys spend this much money on your education? Because to us, it's like that's the foundation of where everything is sourced from, like our relationships, our business, everything that we do is is fundamentally that's the soil it grows from. If the soil is arid and dead and lacking nutrition, like what can you really grow? What can you really manifest? When you are energy rich, when you're a resource, when you're aligned in your body, it's just like soil. If the mm-hmm. it's a resource, you're gonna have a, a huge bounty, right? So everything reflects everything else at different scale. And and this is why this stuff is so, so important. And like you can invest in a million things in your life, right? That will pay off for maybe a period of time or make you more money. But the one thing you invest in that's gonna pay off for this lifetime and perhaps even the next one is is yourself. Yeah. And so if you if you start understanding these subtle energetics that are really what's running the show. Like people like to think of the subconscious as something that's happening in the mind. And while there may be some truth to that, what you guys got to get is when you have trauma in the body, it's really just stuck energy. It's like a ball of stuck energy. There's tension in your system and the mind is tasked with reacting to what's down there. Just the same way if you ate food and it didn't metabolize, you're going to be constipated. Your mind's going to have an opinion about that. It's not going to be like, all right, good. My butthole is plugged up. Like, that's fine. We'll just keep, <laughs> keep going. It's going to be like, we got to do something about this. Like, do something. Relief, yeah. right? Yeah. And so if we don't, these needs that are unmet in the system are just the same way. It's like It's like metabolic constipation. Mm. And that's really what we are. We are metabolic machines that take in energy and transmute it into something else. When it doesn't transmute, our mind is highly reactive. And that's why it's stupid to sit and meditate and try to unreact a reactive mind instead of learning how to work with that reaction mm. and learn how to metabolize this energy in your system. And so the byproduct of metabol- metabolizing this energy is a quiet mind, is a peaceful mind, is well-being, is safety. You don't have to focus on these things. It's just what happens when you do natural these
0: Natural extension, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I said, the, the natural byproduct or side benefit of eating cleaner food is you know fill in the blank and and you know doing these steps it sounds like you guys have really nailed down some protocols and programs that i'm grateful that we can share with my audience today and for those of you listening later on the podcast go to the links the the day that we uh aired this show first is march the 15th 2023 and then available on all the podcasts at least the ones we're not banned on uh which still (laughs) thankfully so uh we got a lot more to do and super Don has added the link and I think we dropped them into the uh, various chat rooms as well. That'll get you signed up, plugged in and decide, you know, if you're resonating this way and you want to break free of that energetic constipation that has you trapped in a certain place where you feel like I, I can't get out. You know, you feel somewhat victimized by it, even though we don't promote victim culture here or consciousness, I acknowledge mm-hmm. the feeling, the sense. I think we've all had that at, at certain times in our lives. And right now some, for some more than others. And, as I said, you know, like one of our, echoing, one of our viewers or listeners today, uh, these young people need this as, as much or more than any of us right now. Uh, they didn't have, a, let's say, a platform of some level of functionality in this lifetime. They've come into the most confusing time that I've been alive witnessing. If I had come in at this time, there's almost no solid ground anywhere. And, and of course, that should lead us to a deeper spiritual focus. But uh, for some, it's leading to very disastrous and destructive uh, uh, behaviors, and at a young age, it would see this confusion where it's leading. so uh, you know I, I'm sure this is available for eighteen or up, or maybe with parents uh, consent to be able to work these programs, even if they sure. are you know, older teenagers
2: Yes, sure. Th- these, by the way the, the the free stuff like meditations, literally anyone could grab if you're if you're a teenager listening, like this is stuff that I'm teaching to my now ten and eleven year old kids. I started doing this with them when they were probably like six years old, right. Guy has a four-year-old at home. He's sharing some of these techniques with them. Like, it is so simple that a part of your mind is going to think it can't possibly be this simple. And I'm telling you, because I've searched high and low, this is the most effective, simple practices that I've ever come across. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still have that part that's like,
0: it needs to be more elaborate somehow. And it's not. Mm -hmm. Very simple. The simplicity is, is uh, honestly uh, more resonating with me. You know, we try to make it complicated or others do in order yes. that they can be, you know, somehow placed above us. And I've talked about that uh, unfortunate worshipfulness we have of the medical community, the medical mind. And a lot of that are just mental constructs, especially when they uh, abandon the, the the spirit, if you will, body, mind and spirit, the spiritual aspect of our reality and how it manifests physically as dis you guys, we're almost out of time here, but we got to do a part two. This has been fun. I, I dig the energy you. you're bringing and uh, your experience, I'm like, What are you like, 12, 13 years old? I mean, look at you. Well, except with the beard there, of course. I can't.
3: <laughs> we're uh, believe it or not, we're I'm almost forty, and Elon's
0: forty-two. Nice. You guys <laughs> are doing amazing work, and yeah. glad to connect with you. Uh, you know, we did, we weren't even sure you were going to be on the show today. We were. It was funny how the the things happen, and. Sometimes they happen in the most exciting and unexpected ways, but I've enjoyed this.
2: Beautiful. Thank you, brother. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I love how you guys work together and how you guys are doing the whole thing. I'm, Cause Guy and I do a bunch of these also, we do these weekly and I'm like, wow, this is like a whole other new level.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're, level. we're live two plus hours a day, five days a week. We, we pre-record our Sunday radio broadcast too, but uh, it's just a, a love that we have you know, when you recognize what you're here to do, you're on a mission, you're on purpose, the passion flows through. And it's not as it's not so much like work, although Super Don man, I don't know when he sleeps with all that he does to make sure this thing goes smoothly. He's amazing. So energy drink, guys. It was a pleasure. We gotta do it again. And y'all check the links and maybe we'll send out an email blast to everybody about it later. Uh, so you can plug in as well. Uh, Guy and Ilan, God bless you guys for doing what you're doing and uh, look forward to connecting again.
3: Thank you, brother. Thank you. Love right. to everybody listening and their families. Take care.
0: Thank you so much, guy. Well, listen, this exciting part of the show. Sometimes we have unexpected. We usually don't have unexpected catastrophes, uh, <laughs> which is good. Fu- funny enough, even as yesterday, Super Don was having all these crashes of you know energy. We talk about funny enough, the the power went out and all of that. Uh, but more often than not, they're usually a plus factor. Little explosions of consciousness that are fun and exciting and make me go, man. There's more to do. There's more to learn, and that's a good thing. And it's a lot of fun to do it. So y'all, check out the links in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. Uh, one more story here uh, this hour. I just briefly mentioned. Uh, it's about the Dirty Dozen. Not not our friends who are actually spreading information, not disinformation. But we're talking about the foods that you should know about that are most contaminated with the synthetic pesticides, for instance. And they've just added blueberries to the list. And everybody knows, oh, blueberries, are superfood. Blueberries are awesome. And you're like, dude, are you? Are you eating blueberries that are chemically grown or are they certified organic in some way? I shape? like
1: blueberries, but you know, that's, that's the thing about this here, right? Yeah. I mean, what's, what's the, the, what's the, the, the kicker? Mm. It, it's, it's organic. If you're eating organic, then the dirty dozen means nothing. Yeah. You know, and that's just the thing. Uh, but yeah, they've added blueberries to the, yeah. the dirty dozen list.
0: Have you ever gone to it like a juice bar and, and asked of them? Of course. You know, because I travel a lot and I'm like, okay, I'm going to a juice bar. I'd love to get a nice juice. I'm going to ask them, are you guys juicing organic fruits and vegetables? Right. An energy uh, hiccup there. (laughs) I don't know what happened. We just got a signal that that we got kicked off the air. And now boom. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we're back.
0: Yeah. We're back anyway.
1: So uh, thanks. I guess somebody didn't want us talking about blueberries. I don't know.
0: It's the idea that you go to a juice bar and they're not using organic, uh, you know, quality fruits and vegetables. Uh, it just, why would you concentrate that? That's just another aspect of being aware of what you're putting into your body. And I recognize that, you know, it can be a very stressful situation trying to eat cleanly if you're not used to it. Uh, and I would ask you what, what I said the other day, don't overstress yourself if you can't eat for any moment of time cleanly as I would love for you to be eating. I don't want you to compound it with emotional distress with every bite, but recognize that in consciousness, if you're more aware of what you're putting in and you are asked, I believe we are asked, to do better once we know better, to make better choices and to find a way through the blockages of like, I can't and fill in the blanks. If it's I can't afford it or I can't, it's too inconvenient, on and on it goes. The question is, uh, when you are suffering from chronic illnesses and ailments like I did from the first you know, basically 24 years of, of my life, and the doctors didn't know or pretended not to know. I think they really didn't know because they're training that I felt truly victimized. And I felt like I could be a cancer statistic in my forties if I made it to my forties, because there was no cause and effect link between what I put into my body and what would manifest. Cause it was all bad. You know, it was all chemically grown and processed and fruit loopy colors that are on the rainbow, but not like that. They're like Skittles, not real. And, and so the consciousness that I'm asking, and many people are there already, it's not like everybody's new to this, is the choices we make do have impact, of course, on what manifests. If it's not today, then down the road. I just happen to be a canary of the coal mine of my generation X to learn these things early on that many people are learning in later generations or in my generation, but later in their lives. You go, whoa, I gotta clean up my act. And it's much like uh, Elon and, and Guy in terms of cleaning up you know, that consciousness right? The the mental clatter. And I love the fact that it wasn't about attacking the mind and shutting it down, telling it to shut up, but observing it and watching the side effect being the side benefit. And I, I totally resonate with that technique and I've seen that work as well. So that was a really cool and surprisingly awesome hour.
1: What's it was. Nice? I'm glad yeah. that worked out and we'll get them on again because there's lots more to talk about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's take a pause. It's top of the hour break. Once again, I appreciate our our uh, new friends for being on board next hour. Bobby Ann Cox returns from New York, a place where I originally joined planet Earth on. Glad I left, uh, but I'm sorry for all those who are still stuck there. But I'm grateful for Bobby Ann Cox for fighting for those who still believe in freedom and not being quarantined or put into concentration camps by crazy governors like.
1: I, I cannot believe this story that we're going to cover with her no. because it, we covered this when it happened. We had her on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're not going to believe what Governor Hochul is trying to do. Uh, it's just, oh. We thought it was crazy then. Uh, apparently, she's she hasn't hasn't changed much.
0: Let's find out what that is and how to remedy it with uh, Bobby and Cox in hour two on the Robert Scott Bell Show, where the power to heal is yours. Well, we got to dive right into this topic. We've got limited time with uh, Bobby Ann Cox here, and we've had her on before talking about the suit that she filed and won against uh, New York State and the governor, Hochul, there, uh, wanting to quarantine you uh, based on what evidence? uh, You know, basically a concentration camp. If if she doesn't like you, you could end up in there trying to prove that you're innocent of carrying a, quote-unquote, disease. Well, uh, there's news uh, being reported about Hochul filing an appeal in the quarantine camp loot lawsuit going to find out how bonkers this woman is how did she become governor she wasn't voted in or was she and if so what's wrong with the people of New York I don't know Bobby Ann Cox let us know Bobby welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell show
4: hi thanks again for having me on it's great to be here again
0: oh it's good to see you for the people that are still in New York I I mean my heart goes out to you Uh, but you've got this governor apparently she was elected after being appointed and I thought it couldn't be worse than the Cuomo. And it turns out it is. And she's actually, well, I set the stage again on the suit that you filed in one against and then that she's actually appealing it. What is she thinking?
4: Right. So last year, um, it was April of last year, I filed a lawsuit against Governor Hochul. I'm representing a group of New York state legislators, um, lawmakers in Albany, Senator George borello Assemblyman Chris Taig and Assemblyman Mike Waller, who's actually now in Congress, um, so it's actually Congressman Mike Waller, um, together with a citizens group called Uniting New York State. And we filed the case against Hochul last April, and the argument was she had this regulation that she passed through her Department of Health. Um, It was called Isolation and Quarantine Procedures, and it was totally unconstitutional. Um, basically that regulation said that the department of health could pick and choose which New Yorkers they could lock up or lock down. They didn't have to prove you were sick. They didn't have to prove you were even exposed to a communicable disease. They could lock you up in your house, or they could have taken you from your house and put you into a facility of their choosing Mm. no time restraints. So you could have been there for days, weeks, months. Um, there was no age restriction. So they could take you, but they could also take your child or your grandchild or your elderly parent. Um, And there was a provision in there that said that they could use local law enforcement to enforce their orders. So you literally could have gotten a knock on your door um, and it could have been the police or the sheriff saying, you know, sorry, come with me. I have an isolation and quarantine order from the health department. There was a provision in there that said that the doctors were required to report their patients to the health department if they thought perhaps their patient had a communicable disease. And this wasn't just about COVID, this was about a whole laundry list of diseases that the Department of Health had on a list. Mm -hmm. And it it included things like, you know, Lyme disease, um, toxic shock syndrome, uh, yes, COVID, monkeypox, tuberculosis. So you know there were some communicable diseases, but there were also some that really I'm not sure how Lyme disease is communicable. Well, I
0: think about a usurpation of power that violates any any constitution anywhere on the federal and state level, much less New York. At this woman, is this? Do you feel like this is her own original thought, or are there are people behind her going, "Hey, do this," because I wonder where these things come from as she's hanging out apparently with W E F and W H O folks, you know, endorsing the idea of turning over sovereignty of our country and the state of New York, evidently to globalists.
4: Yeah. So this actually started under Cuomo, this regulation. So um, when Cuomo was our governor, he, that's when the pandemic broke out. So in March of 2020, Cuomo was our governor and um, he had this, incredible power given to him by the New York state legislature in March of 2020 because of the pandemic. You know, everybody was frightened. They didn't know what was going on. The media was really hyping it up. Um, And so they gave Cuomo this temporary, massive power to, they called it issue directives, but really it was to make law, um, Mm -hmm. which that in in and of itself is unconstitutional. The legislature can't just hand the governor their lawmaking power, but whatever, let's, let's go with it. Um, so he eventually had that revoked a year later in March of twenty twenty one. The legislature took that special power away from him. But he kept, you know, he kept promulgating this regulation through the Department of Health. And then when he stepped down in August of twenty one mm-hmm. and Hukel rose from Lieutenant Governor to governor, she just kept having this issued again and again and again, you know, every thirty, every sixty or ninety days as an emergency reg. And, you know, she had no authority. She had no special power ever given to her. You know, it was completely unconstitutional anyway. Um, but no, she just kept issuing it and she would have kept going. They were trying to make it a permanent regulation in New York state. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we sued them and, and we got it struck down in the summer of 22. So last summer, nine months ago, we got it struck down as unconstitutional, null and void, unenforceable. Um, but now, nine months later, she filed an actual appeal, and they are appealing the decision, and they're trying to overturn it and get the power back. It's unbelievable. Have you,
0: have you read their uh, appeal yet? What, on be- what basis they're appealing?
4: Yes, I did read the appeal. Um, it was just issued a, a day or two ago. Um, and it's they're, they're appealing all aspects of the decision, right? I mean, they're trying to argue, my, my plaintiffs don't have standing, right? They're trying to say the legislators and the citizens group don't have standing to sue. Um, it, anyone that's not familiar with that term, it just means in order to bring a lawsuit, you have to have the right to bring the lawsuit. And to have that right, you have to be injured um, or about to be injured by something. And so, you know, they're trying to argue that the New York state legislators don't have any injury because, well, you know, we didn't take their power anyway. You know, this is a power that the governor should have, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds it's it's
0: infantile, but who's the judge that's going to hear this appeal or, or a judge panel who's going to hear this? And will they be able to see through this uh, a sophomoric attempt to violate the Constitution of New York?
4: Yeah. So we are going to be in the New York State Supreme Court, the appellate division for the fourth department. It is a panel of judges um, at the trial level last year. It was just one judge. Um, now there, there will be a panel um, and yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that they see that this is clearly a breach of the constitution um, as our lower court judge did when he ruled in our favor last summer. Um, but you know, the really, the really terrible thing that people should know other than the reg itself, um, you know, the governor had six months to file an appeal and we won in July of 2022. But yeah. in November of 2022, there was an election and Hochul was running for election. She wanted to be elected governor, you know, in her own right. The yeah. attorney general, Letitia James, was running for election again. And they did nothing with this lawsuit. They did they nothing with their appeal.
0: If they had appealed before the election, there's no way they would have won. It would have been out- outrageous, I believe.
4: Well that's, well, that's the thing, is that New Yorkers didn't know that this case was going on because it was so I, – I mean – it was so sheltered, right? It was just getting swept under the rug by mainstream media. Nobody would cover it. You know, maybe maybe there was one article in the New York Post, you know, but the mainstream media was not paying attention to this and wouldn't report on it. And so, yeah, so you know the two of them got reelected. and a uh, couple months later, they actually they actually filed for an extension because they technically their time frame to appeal expired in January. So they did file with the court and ask for an additional two months.
0: They were granted based on what grounds?
4: They were granted. the The courts do tend to give a lot of deference when someone, not just the state, but when someone asks for an extension, um, you know, at least the first time they ask, they'll they'll typically grant it. So we objected, of course, right? But the court granted it anyway, and so they did get those extra two months to file the appeal. and Literally hours before those two months expired is mm-hmm. when they filed the appeal on Monday night. So and, um, and at
0: this point, has there been any what we call legacy or mainstream media coverage in New York over this? Or, is, or, you know, you're just coming on, you know, the, the, the radical shows like mine that actually care about freedom and the people and even in New York where I left many years ago. But are you getting any play in the press?
4: No, not yet. Not yet. It just, you know, they filed uh, late Friday, uh, Monday afternoon. Yesterday was Tuesday and it was, you know, not a peep. (laughs) Um, And then, um, you know, the Brownstone Institute actually broke the story. Um, I'm a fellow at the Brownstone Institute um, this year in 2023. So they broke the story. I wrote an article um, and it, it just, you know, got pushed out all over social media. So, you know, media knows um, mainstream media if they know they're they're not contacting me for an interview <laughs> That's for Have sure.
0: Me, uh, to Fox News Tucker Carlson it sounds like a, a story he might be willing to cover
4: yeah no I mean it'd be great it'd be absolutely great I mean people need to hear about this it's so unbelievable to me that this isn't front page news not just in New York but across the country mm-hmm. you know group of New York State legislators sue the governor over proposed, you know, isolation and quarantine facilities with no due process and win. I mean, that should that in itself should have been right front page news. And then wow. now she's appealing nine months later. I mean, it's absurd wow. that no one's covering this.
0: All right. For those of you who don't know, attorney uh, Bobby and Cox, uh, attorney Cox, C-O-X dot substack dot com. That's your substack. Uh, we also have links in the show notes to. uh Uniting NYS, I believe that stands for New York State, UnitingNYS.com. Uh, and that will probably bring some information related to this and other things, uh freedom, threats against freedom. Also uh for direct access to uh Bobby and Cox as an attorney, it's coxcoxlawyers.com. And uh, which is is there a site that you know people from New York or outside of New York that want to support your efforts can help help uh, do that?
4: Um, Yeah, so my website, which you just mentioned, coxlawyers.com, we do have a donate button on there. I am handling this case pro bono. Um, So, you know, donations are very much welcome. Um, And the unitingnys.com also has a lot of information about this lawsuit in particular, because um, there's a specific page only about this lawsuit on the website. And um, yeah, you have it up on the screen there. And it has photographs, uh, it has videos, it has social media flyers that you can download and then post on your social media to help raise awareness. Um, They have on this page a timeline of the lawsuit and where we are at what point. Um, So there's a lot of great information on that page if people wanna get details. There's also a link there to the judge's decision. Um, So you can click on that link and actually read the judge's decision um, you can read the regulation itself. So there's a ton of information on that lawsuit um, on that specific page for uniting NYS.
0: Since we were well, last talk was before the election, of course, about this case, you, you came on the show and I, I'm just looking at New York and the New Yorkers again. I, I, it's been a long time since I was there. I was born there. I left when I was like six years old. Okay. So I, I, I'm sort of not a New Yorker anymore, but I'm just questioning what the hell happened to that state? I mean, it, obviously, anytime you get a monoparty, you know, it's a Democrat-controlled state, and I've seen this problem, even if it's a total Republican state, you'll find corruption, uh, but there's little or no pushback, and yet they, despite Cuomo and then Hochul following on to a lot of the similar things, they were able to dupe the electorate to get voted in. I, I, again, I know the reason why she didn't appeal before the election, that's clear to me, uh, because I think that if the average New Yorker would would know that she was promoting this, even those that are left leaning Democrats would probably not be in support of this.
4: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And um, it's really, I think it's twofold, right? I think one, it's, it's the absolute censorship that went on last year about this case. Uh, New Yorkers didn't know for the most part. Um, I mean, I, I was writing articles, uh, you know, I write my Substack, as you mentioned. Um, I write for Brownstone Institute Um, The Epoch Times will often pick up my articles and push it out. American Thinker, um, I've written for them before, you know, so it's not for lack of trying. (laughs) It's really that, uh, you know, because mainstream doesn't pick it up, um, it stays quiet and secret. Um, So Mm -hmm. I think that's one issue. But it's also, as you touched on, that we have one party rule here in New York State, and we've had it for several years now, which is really dangerous. I mean, whether it's, Democrat one party rule or Republican one party rule, it's super dangerous because then the people don't really have a voice um, and you have no banter back and forth on issues. And here in New York, what I mean by one party rule is that our governor is Democrat, Letitia James, our attorney general is Democrat, our Senate, our state Senate has super majority, not just a majority, a super majority Democrat over Republican and our state assembly, same thing, super majority Democrat over Republican. So the Mm -hmm. Republicans virtually have no power because it's not even like they're in the minority, they're in the super minority. So it's it's so dangerous and I'm spending a lot, I have been spending a lot of my time giving lectures, writing articles, trying to educate New Yorkers about the dangers of one party rule Mm -hmm. and needing to have people in Albany elected officials who think like we do. Otherwise, this is what happens. I mean, this well, is I know a lot happens. of
0: people, a lot of people have fled New York uh, and they have been for, well, we did when I was in the early 70s, we, we fled to Florida like a lot of New Yorkers, but not for the reasons that we see today. Uh, and I know a lot of people have fled because they don't feel there's any potential for representation of their views that differ from a supermajority Democrat Democrat uh, culture there. Uh, and now we have got a governor who, uh, is is deceived the electorate by you know not bringing this before uh the people and say hey i believe in this sell it sell it to the people of course it's a, it's a, it's a it would fail before you could even begin to sell it but as you pointed out by hiding it she was able to succeed in a super majority democrat state because they probably most people even if the republican guy was good i don't know uh were not willing to put a republican in office
4: yeah it's it's the electorate you know voters need to be educated. They, they need to know what's going on. And um, so it's reaching those voters um, or reaching you know, New Yorker citizens who aren't registered to vote and encouraging them and explaining to them why they should register to vote, right? So it's really a, an outreach that, um, that we are working on. You know, Grassroots organizations, as I mentioned, Uniting NYS is um, the organization that's on this quarantine lawsuit. And they've been doing a huge push the last couple of years in trying to educate New Yorkers on issues, um, things going on in Albany, what to be aware of, what to look for, the dangers involved. So um, there are organizations that are doing this work. Um, There just Mm -hmm. needs to be more. There just needs to be more. And and they need to start getting some mainstream coverage. It's it's an uphill battle. But you know what? I do want to say if everybody leaves New York because they're tired of the tyranny or they're tired of the government overreach, you know, mm-hmm. and nobody stays to fight, then that's it. Then they're going to mm-hmm. win in New York, they're going to take over, they're going to have things like quarantine facilities, and then it's going to spread, right? Then it's going to start to go to other states because once they see what New York is doing, other states will say, "Well, hey, bro, well, we can do that too. Why not?" right?
0: Yeah, uh Bobby Ann, you're putting your foot down, saying, no, no more. Are there any other attorneys in your state that are willing to stand by your side? Are you on your own as well?
4: So there are other attorneys that are doing um, this type of, you know, constitutional work or civil rights work. Um, There aren't any big firms doing it. Uh, You know, those of us that are doing it are typically in very small firms uh, or solo practitioners Um, The big firms like, you know, we have tons of large firms, particularly in New York City. None of them are doing these these things. They're not taking up these issues. Um, So, you know, it's a matter of resources. You know, when you're a small firm, you do not have the resources that the large firms do. Therefore, you can't take on as many cases as a large firm could. Um, But I do have a great network outside New York. I have a great network of attorneys in other states that are also fighting the good fight. And, um, I collaborate often with them and, you know, we just have to build up our base. We're actually, I'm flying down to Atlanta next weekend for a COVID litigation conference. Yeah.
0: We heard and about that. I'm glad you're bringing that up, tell, tell everybody what you can about that. And, and maybe uh, we can get more people involved, be there.
4: Yeah. So it's March 25th and 26th and it's in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and it is a litigation conference. It's, it's really uh, being put on by attorneys for attorneys, but it is open to the public. So the public is welcome to come um, and it'll be panel discussions uh, the whole weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And it's basically talking about, you know, the different kinds of cases um, that we've all been handling the past couple years uh, that are related to COVID, COVID lockdowns, quarantines, uh, you know, masking and all this stuff um, and trying to help the public and other attorneys understand, and then take that information and, and use it. You know, hopefully other attorneys will, will now take up cases like this. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's, there aren't enough of us doing it. And no. so um, this conference is a really great opportunity for attorneys who might be interested in getting involved to come and hear about it and network and learn about it. Um, and so there
0: it is, super yeah, there's, yeah, that's the flyer Total for litigation it. litigation conference, Atlanta, Midtown Hilton, uh, March 25th and March 26th, uh, you get actually CLE credits as well for attending.
4: Yes, yes. They're going to be providing CLE credits to the attorneys that attend. Um, and it's, it's you know, the lineup is fantastic. Um, they I'm even have some to top doctors.
0: Robert Malone, I see uh, Pierre Corey, who we just had on the other day, Ryan Cole, Steve Kirsch, it looks like, is going to be going uh, wow, what a lineup. There's they, some great people. So you're hitting uh, a lot of different aspects of what has been going on. And, and this needs to be done, what you're having ha- happen there, what they're doing to share. And, and and especially, I don't want to see a lot of failures out there. We've had a lot. That's how we learn. But let's not repeat the ones we don't need to repeat.
4: Yeah, that's that's true too. You know, when you, when you actually can talk to other attorneys, network, hear about their cases um, it's a great opportunity to learn because, like you said, not all the cases are successful. So you learn from their mistakes too, right? That way you don't have to go out and make the same mistakes Absolutely. and learn yourself, right? So um, it is it is a great opportunity. Uh, hopefully, a lot of people will come. And um, you know, I was just last weekend I was up in Rochester, New York, um, speaking at a summit that was put on. Um, Shannon Joy Radio was hosting that um, together with the wellness company, and it was great. It had, I mean. I think over 11 or 1,200 attendees oh, in nice. person, yeah. and um, you know, people are hungry for this information. If you provide the information, I think people will take it, and then my hope is that they will spread it, you know, to their friends and their networks and their family and their colleagues. Um, since mainstream media is not really covering all of these important issues, um, it's up to we the people to spread the word the old-fashioned way. You know, yeah. go to go to networking events, go to summits, go to conventions learn the information, and then share it with your network when you go back home. This is how we have to do this.
0: Bobby Ann, I'd like to think that the pro-lockdown, the pro-mandate, the prohibition crowd uh, would not be in favor, even in New York at this point, if they were honest about what they believed, like Hochul hiding the fact that she was wanting to have the the power to quarantine anybody for any reason without, uh, you know, yeah. How do you prove you're not sick? Right. In this case, when they don't even give you a, a a defined validation way where you can say you are, you know, you're just held indefinitely. I mean, talk about, uh, uh, you know, a, di- a disastrous scenario that we have described or learned growing up about things that happen in communist Russia and, you know, Eastern Europe. And these are things that are happening in New York if they get away with it. Uh, I just, you know, I'd like to see that the Democrats, at least a significant percentage of them in New York, would say, I'm not for that. I, I And I don't know if they are there. It, maybe in that 1,100 people grassroots crowd you were in, you saw people that may be part of that Democrat Party saying, we are not supportive of those things.
4: Yeah, absolutely. This, this is not, I've been saying this from the beginning, really, uh, you know, for a year now. Um, this is not about left or right. This is not about Republican, Democrat, independent, you know, conservative. It's not, this is about being an American and having the freedoms that this country provides us. And those people that wanna destroy our constitution and take the power for themselves, power that they should not have, and it is not intended to be given to them, those people need to be unelected. They need Mm -hmm. to be ousted from office. We need to elect in people that honor the constitution, respect the constitution and realize that the people are the ones in charge, right? The constitution wasn't written to keep the people in check. The constitution was written to keep the government in check. So a lot of people have lost sight of that. Not not just the government actors and the elected officials, but the people have lost sight of that too. We are in charge. The -hmm. constitution isn't there to restrain us. It's to restrain the government from overstepping and taking our power. You know, in, in, in the history of mankind, no government has ever taken power from its people and then voluntarily given it back.
0: back. Yeah. Right.
4: People have to demand it back. And and that's what we're doing with this lawsuit. And and now, now defending the appeal that the governor has posed.
0: By the way, I just saw in your sub stack uh, that you're going to receive an American Patriot of the year award on March 19th. Congratulations. The 148th annual uh, Lincoln dinner hosted by the Queens Village Republican Club. That's great. I'm glad that at least some are acknowledging your good work here. I just wish it wasn't such a small minority of folks uh, that uh, would appreciate you and get behind you and support your efforts and join in. (laughs) Excuse me, thank
4: you so much. I really appreciate that. Yes, that'll be this Sunday in Queens and um, it's supposed to be a great event. Uh, a bunch of other people are being honored at the event. So I'm so pleased um, to be receiving the American Patriot of the Year Award. It's it's great. I really, I appreciate it because it means that people know Some what's people going lie, on right? and the fight that I'm fighting. So, yeah, thank you.
0: Thank God. So, uh, Bobby Ann, if you don't mind, uh, please let us know if there's updates. You're always welcome here. I know uh, uh, we don't have a full-on reach. We have a lot of people do, that do listen to New York State, but uh, anybody that can hear this message and has an impact, I want them to hear it. So uh, let us know if there's an update on this case or any other we can uh, report on here as well.
4: Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again.
0: You got it. Bobby Ann Cox doing great work there up in New York. I wish she didn't have to do this, but, uh, you know, this is a sad state of abandonment of limited government under single party rule. And as she pointed out, and I agree, I don't want Republican Party single party rule. You know, we've seen that even at the federal level in the short periods of time where you had Republican president. Republican Senate, Republican House, although not super majorities, uh, and you see all the things that they promise they're going to do, mm, with rare exception, they do. And part of that is, of course, the establishment, as we see uh, two sides of the same coin in, in many cases. Uh, the opportunity, for instance, to address, like, the January 6th thing, and you see the establishment Republicans go, oh, don't go there. Uh, yeah, I, I know, I know. So, thank you, Bobby Ann Cox, for doing that. Super dot man. Thanks for finding that little article, too, about yeah award as well
1: that's really cool you know here's here's my question i i would love to have answered uh by the governor mm-hmm. why is it <clears throat> you know i mean we got 50 50 states um 49 as far as i know other states do not have um uh, dictator rules where you can like kick somebody's door down and stick them in a quarantine camp yeah. for an indefinite period of time. What is it that makes New York different than any other state that New York needs this kind of power? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, there's other states that, that have, you know, I would say just as many people, if not more, in population size. Yeah. Um, well, why yeah, is it that Hochul needs this power, but nobody else, all the other states seem to be able to handle diseases or outbreaks and things, you know, without having that kind of a power? What makes New York any different? Do you think,
0: Super Don, that Gavin Newsom in California wouldn't want this power? if he could get away with getting it. I mean, look what he already did in signing into law that, you know, AB was two one Oh nine or whatever it was to, to stop freedom of speech for doctors, for instance. Right. I mean, it's tantamount to, again, an unconstitutional usurpation of rights that come by virtue of your very existence, not privileges that government grants you and takes away. And, and it is a privilege to breathe freely in New York under Hokel, It is a privilege that can be revoked. Which by the way, important detail, this mm-hmm. whole thing started with Cuomo
1: local yeah. just was the the, the beneficiary.
0: A cut from of, the same cloth. Yeah, obviously she believes the, what what uh, Cuomo believed in in unlimited power of a centralized bureaucracy. A governor is a is a. King. And he turned out to be a scam.
1: You know, you remember? I mean, remember? I think didn't he get? He got like a, he got like an Emmy award or something. Remember, yeah, no, for all no, his <laughs> with for his his, his, his updates and stuff yeah. like that. And then yeah. you know, then he became disgraced and had to had to
0: bow out. Yeah, just one embarrassment after another but Uh, hey folks i just want to remind you utah safe and effective the documentary that posits a different path forward please take a look at it it'll at least make you think i'm not saying that everything in there is 100 that what we all want to do but there are thoughts and presentations within that documentary film that will cause you to pause and go oh i hadn't considered that and also there's the element that i love so much of proposing the separation of medicine and state, which I didn't know anybody else thought about that but me. So uh, this documentary is available for free now all over via going to utahsafeandeffective.org. Please watch it. Please share it. And feedback. Please send your feedback. You know, this is an, I won't say it's an amateur film because the film, the the, the people, the documentarians behind it, they know how to do stuff. I couldn't do this. Uh, But the people behind it all volunteered hundreds and hundreds of hours donated their time their money to do it If you guys want to donate to support that's great uh this is a a, an amazing grassroots effort and yes it focuses on one state but it's absolutely absolutely i believe universally applicable in the things we've seen in terms of conflicts of interest economic governmental medical media religious even and so it'll it'll challenge you a little bit but i think in a good way it's not political it's apolitical in reality uh, and I hope that you would take the time to do it. By the way, Super Don just put up on the uh, screen. Remember we were talking about last week, Vice, the website. <laughs> I don't want to really give them a lot of play here, but no,
1: but you know, I mean, let's just, let's just give an update on this story because it, we did bring it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were supposed to uh, put together an article. Apparently they did. It was a little late uh, about. You and about the Health Independence Alliance. They wanted to try and dig up some dirt or something, you right. know, which there is none to dig up. Uh, but they did come out with the article. And yeah. the only thing they mentioned about you here, yeah. You can see it here on the screen, talking about the trailer for the movie, Utah yeah. Safe and Effective. It says the trailer hosted by the podcaster Robert Scott Bell, who covers conspiracies mm. and medical freedom topics, features people claiming to have been injured by vaccines.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to give them any credence. They're just claiming it. It's not real. Yes. But yeah, as far as hit pieces go, it was very effete. It wasn't much of a hit piece. They were trying to target our friend uh, 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 Kurt, uh, who Dr. Kurt Moore. Yeah, Dr. Kurt Moore, who has yep. been uh, accused of you know di- uh, disposing of government property, property improperly, conspiracy to da da, da da and he's become a a legend and a hero. And, and those that read about what he did are like he didn't commit a crime. The crime was Mm. the government forcing you to accept an experimental and, and get the, the, you know, these injections. So it's fascinating, but vice is typically, I don't even know if it's, if you call it leftist, but it's statist. It's all about the, the promotion of centralized power. And anybody that questions it a. is, they're trying
1: uh, not to be bankrupt right now is what they're trying to do. But uh, yeah. Enter. Oh, you, you didn't hear about that. No, I think it was last. I think it was last year. They were like, Sucking on the eggs. I mean, it was, yeah, it was bad. And they, they got it a, a loan or something from somebody for like $30 million to keep the lights on. Wow. So well,
0: it, it reminds me of like air America, liberal radio oh, yeah. couldn't yeah. succeed in the marketplace yeah. and uh, a vice goes down because of their bias. Um, they're a rag I, for all I know. nobody's reading. Yeah, no. Nobody's
1: reading, yeah. you know, I mean, you got to have stuff out there that people want to read and you know,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not everybody can pull that off, but in any case, um, how does it feel to be the podcaster that covers conspiracies?
0: Talk yeah, I mean to... if that's the worst you got. Bring mean, <laughs> like, conspiracy. What
1: conspiracies? Yeah, that's such a weird word, isn't it? You know, though? it's it's oh. funny how over time words lose their their uh punch and meaning. Yeah, they do. You know, I mean, today it's like a conspiracy, like the JFK thing. Oh. Well, no. Okay, actually, that is a it bit down, true. Down. But you know, uh, you know, it's like, what's a conspiracy theory anymore? Yeah.
0: How about uh, question of the day? We can answer one of them.
1: That's not a conspiracy, is it?
0: All right. Deborah writes in, and you can see it in the show notes today. She says, "Hello, Dr. Bell." Now, every time that people call me doctor, I get a little uncomfortable because doctors are the third leading cause of death. And I don't want to be associated with them in that way, but. In terms of the origin of the word, doctor, teacher, healer, I get it. I sense it. I'm not being mad at anybody for doing it. Uh, My husband, she says, was diagnosed, just diagnosed with allergies and was prescribed the z pack and an inhaler. Now, why why antibiotics for allergies? Just asking. Doesn't make Uh, much sense, does it? Yeah, we do eat. Well, of course, it suppresses symptoms. That's why. But we do eat clean and take supplements. Also, just ordered Cardio Miracle. That's great. All right. My husband wakes up hacking for a few hours and has a runny nose. Could you suggest natural remedies for him? Thanks. Oh, he also snores with his mouth open. So maybe he's breathing in dust. (laughs) Thanks for your help, Deborah. Well, Deborah, I will say that to your last point. Very interesting that you bring that up. When you sleep on a pillow, that's either foam, memory foam, or even feathers, right? Down. You have all kinds of dust mites and microorganisms growing, and that will greatly contribute to that congestion of the sinuses leading to mouth breathing and snoring. I know because for years that has been, even as I've cleaned up my diet and act and got through all of my allergies, I would still be congested at night until, until, God bless Lisa Hill brought into our attention, the silver right pillow, the silver pillow. You know, I use silver. I got spray silver up my nose. You know, we use it; it's wonderful. But I never thought of sleeping on a pillow with silver threads, basically. And that, and then it's it's embedded with kapok, which is resistant to mold and all those creepy crawlies growing there. And so, ever since that, it's been a oh so much better, so much better. So I would say start there. uh, There, and if you see on the right hand side of the page, Super Don, can you show them the Silverite uh, banner? And you can use the code RSB20 to get 20% off. You just click on that silver right banner. If, if it's on your phone, all the banners are going to be way below. Scroll all the way down. If it's on your computer, it'll be on the right-hand column. And you can click on uh, the silver right, um, uh banner and just click on it. It'll take you to SilverRight Global. And you use the code RSB20 when you check out. Get one of those pillows for your husband. And while you're at it, get one for yourself. And that'll be already a huge benefit to him and to you. Okay, so that's a, that's one thing. You can also wear the equivalent of what those Breathe Right nasal strips are, helping open up physically the holes of your sinus cavity. But also, if you're congested and hacking in the morning, that could be indicative of liver congestion. You know, I've talked about the liver is more active while you sleep. Does it need a little help? How about homeopathic drainage remedies that I talk about in my uh, lecture on demand at Trinity School of Natural Health, <coughs> excuse me, trinityschool.org. Gives you some insight and some base remedies to help with your liver before you go to sleep. You can also do Ayurvedic herbal remedies. Uh, the herbal formula that you can get from choose2behealthy.com, which is a starting point for many people as well, that can jest instead of digest, can jest. I can digest, can jest by Alta Health Products out of Idaho. You can get that from choose2behealthy.com. Use the code RSB5. And they have a little tiny spoon in there, but don't use that. Use a level teaspoon of the powder. So get a big tub or bunch and you mix that in warm water to activate it. Drink it down three, maybe even four times a day. One last gulp before bedtime to help the liver to do its job more efficiently while you sleep. And then the cleansing processes are more efficient going out then through the colon and the urinary tract rather than through the respiratory tract and or the sinuses, which are also part of that, which is a compensatory uh, action of your detox pathways when they're not 100%. So I'm glad that you're eating cleanly, but there's evidence that it's not either not clean enough or other exposures have triggered your husband into these, whether it be considered allergic events or congestion events. And yes, there are additional homeopathic remedies that can address sinus issues. The classic remedy is allium sepa, the the red pungent onion, purple red onion in homeopathic form. But that often is not working as well as it once did because there's a lot of other confounding factors. If you want to look at two other uh, sinus-focused remedies, Sticta pulmonaria, Sticta S as in Sam, T-I-C-T-A, Sticta. And uh, one other one is Cali Bicromicum, Cali b k or Cali Bi, K-A-L-I, second word hyphen well shortened B-I. And those are two excellent sinus remedies as well. But if there are allergies as well, we come back to the gut. Has your husband done the silver aloe gut recovery protocol yet? You can find it in Unlock the Power to Heal, or you can scroll down to the bottom of the page at robertscottbell.com, and you can download that chapter for free. You don't even have to be a newsletter subscriber, although I hope and wish you were and are. And if you haven't, Superdon even sent out a newsletter while we went on to air today. And uh, thank you for that, SuperD. And that includes also... Wonderful allergy remedies from our friends at Nutritional Frontiers, 15% off this month, including Air Max. We talked about respiratory. Air Max could be something that would be greatly helpful for your husband. And not only is it already at 15% off, but you use the code RSB15 and you get an additional 15% off. You double dip. As well as the NRDMG that will help so much for the immune system as well as protecting and reestablishing the healthy gut because of the glyphosate that's in almost everything, and the DMG can help counter that as well. So, great question there. I appreciate so much that you asked it, and please submit them more. Deborah, if you have further questions or any of y'all that have questions, we also have a monthly AMA for our patron supporters. The next one's gonna be Saturday, the 25th of March, Saturday, the 25th of March, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and we, every little bit can help when you're a patron supporter. Donations really do help. As little as five bucks a month, you can pay a year in advance or anything more. And you get a lot of special extras, including a lot of giveaways that we do at those AMA events. Y'all, anybody that's in the patron crowd and comes to the AMAs, let everybody know how awesome it is. We have a great time. And speaking of great times, we've got some upcoming events I haven't mentioned yet today on the show. And you can go to the Upcoming Events tab at robertscoutbell.com to to stay up with the updates. Because from time to time, we'll get confirmation of new events that are coming up. And that would include uh, the first ones coming up. We don't have in there because they're at EMORD's site, emord4va.com. And the 29th, 30th, and 31st, I'll be in a three-city three tour of Virginia. And then I head right down to the Nutritional Frontiers event on April 1st and 2nd in Clearwater, Florida. I don't know if there are tickets left for it, but I'm ex- so excited to see my friends Jamie and uh, what Judy Mikevitz will be celebrating her birthday there, Joe Messino as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope to see you there at the Nutritional Frontiers event. Uh, Then uh, I can come back for a little while. There are online events. Then we're getting ready for the big one in Utah. The premier gathering for Utah's only true natural health conference. It's called Be Healthy Utah, the 21st and 22nd. I'll be broadcasting live from that event, interviewing folks. I'll be presenting as well. We'll have booths there. That's going to be a fun event, basically in the Salt Lake area. And then we head out shortly after that for Nashville, Tennessee. We'll also see Judy Mikevitz there and many of our friends with the the Warners who are hosting us at the Functional Medicine Summit and Expo, and that's April 28th, 29th, and 30th. The Nurse Freedom Network will be there, Kimberly Overton. Uh, I'll be emceeing uh, some of it as well as presenting myself, and we'll be broadcasting, interviewing. Great people coming to that event, and, and there'll be more. We'll add more. I know it's a lot, but think about attending one or all of them. Uh, there's a pediatric uh, chiropractic conference as well at that event. Simultaneous. Then we go out in July, July 14th through the 16th, the family union uh for the RSB show. And that's thanks to Leslie and family. And they're hosting us and all of you who would like to attend. And you can uh reserve your spot today. It'll be food, fun, family, and pie, organic pie, which I did not get yesterday. I'm so bummed. It was pie day. I missed my pie. Uh, but uh, you want to join us there? It'll be awesome. And by the way, Leslie. As the Stay at Home Mom podcast on the Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network, along with hopefully Ula and Mark and kids. I don't know if they're planning to be there, but Ula and Mark have the uh, Preacher and the Polish Girl podcast on our on our uh, network. And then if you go down uh, September 14th through 17th, 2023, in Las Vegas, the Biomed Expo. So make your plans. Be at one or all of these events. We'd love to see you there. And getting together is an empowering empowering time a fun time a celebratory time while we still have the opportunity i know there are entities on this planet that want to stop us from doing that and we got to keep pushing back and keep going and attending and connecting as often and as long as we can uh till it becomes maybe well not as easy as it is today still despite a lot of obstacles all right super d what's going on uh i see you on screen so i'm thinking you must have something to say oh well tell um,
1: me yeah okay
0: no, I misinterpreted. Oh, he's gone. By the way, yesterday he pulled a real fast one on me at the end of the show. Like we we're—I don't know. I think we were having a nice moment, and you said like, <laughs> I would never cut you off, and I'm talking, and you cut me off at the end of the show. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if anybody noticed that or not. It made me laugh. Well, people hanging on till the very end noticed. It It was that. kind of yeah. It was.
1: I laughed. It was. It really- was funny. I actually went back and listened to it because I was like, yeah, that worked out pretty. That was.
0: Good. You just nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. All right, we got a couple of stories. This one out of Mexico. I'm really stoked about this one. When you send me this, I'm like, dude, this is cool. Medical Express is reporting that Mexico is going to use traditional medicine and more Cuban doctors, Cuban doctors. Now, lest you think this is a communist takeover of Mexico, no, it's just pulling in traditional natural doctors that they rely upon in Mexico because they don't have the money to buy the pharmaceutical drugs and shots and things that uh, the Western world that is not communist uh can do. Now, see, here's an advantage to being poor. This is weird. I know. It's like, <laughs> why would you want to be poor? Well, the one thing is you don't have good medical insurance. You won't be poisoned as easily by modern medicine. Now, this is not my, me advocating, oh, I'm so happy there are poor people, blah, blah, blah. but we've talked about the amazing things that have happened in Mexico. I'm sorry, in Cuba, uh, with I think it was the leptospirosis uh annual uh disease manif- manifestation or outbreak, mosquito time after the rainy season. And they, they, they didn't have the money to bring in the so-called vaccines that they relied upon. And they used homeoprophylaxis for leptospirosis. And they found out it worked, I don't know what the exact number is, but significantly better than the, than the jabs. And it lasted over more than one season or one year of that. And so going with natural medicine, Mexico is making a smart decision. And that's why many Americans do medical tourism to Mexico because the doctors there have more freedom than the doctors in America. Isn't that amazing? The land of the free super Don, and we have to go to Mexico to get the mm-hmm. healing we want. You know, my wife and yeah, I, of
1: well. yeah, of uh, course, you know, with this recent stories and stuff, and you're like, God, people going down there, I guess if you're going to do it, make sure you do your homework on where to go.
0: Sure. There are some dangers. You like you <laughs> right now, yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Don't just true. go anywhere. Here's an interesting question though. Cause when yeah. I saw this story, I was like, Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, What is Mexican traditional medicine? I mean, I'm not really familiar with it. Are you?
0: Yeah. Well, there's herbalism is is a guy like every, every traditional practice on the earth was rooted in herbalism. There's a lot of homeopathy in Latin America, Central and South America. Homeopathy is. is, Yeah.
1: I looked it up and you're right. It was herbal uh, medicine. There's, uh, they've apparently adopted uh, acupuncture Mm -hmm. uh, down to massage therapy. Yeah. Reflexology. Uh, you know, deep tissue massage and stuff like that. Then they have spiritual things too, energy yeah. healing and stuff that they do down there. Look at but that. Uh, it just, it struck me because I was just kind of like, you know, we, we talk tr- about a lot of different modalities and things and stuff like that. And I don't think we've ever like focused specifically on Mexican. Yeah. I'm, traditional I'm, medicine. It's kind I'm of interesting. Thrilled.
0: You guys and gals from Mexico, you should be proud. Uh, we are backwards here in the United States. That's what I said when we went on, I went to at uh, West Africa twice to Nigeria and Ghana. I told the healers and doctors there, I said, kick out the medicine of the white man. It ain't good. We're poisoning in the world. We can, we
1: can be <laughs> they're like, wait a minute wait, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. You're a white man. Yeah. What's going I, on I,
0: here? I, it was a weird moment. I know, but I, I didn't mind. I, they understood what I was saying, I, but it was unusual to see it. Uh, the social security Institute down there in Mexico will also employ curanderos, curanderos. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Who are non-licensed healers who use bundles of herbs, smoke, alcohol, and eggs. To draw sickness out of the bodies of their patients, of course, quackbusters are are turning over in their, I don't know, their their living graves because oh my gosh, that's the craziest thing ever. And I'm saying these traditional medicines have been around for thousands of years. Modern medicine poisoning people back to health has only been a recent addition to the human uh, experience, right. especially making it a monopoly. So I am thrilled about what's happening in Mexico. There, there are other things that are not great, but let's give. A little bit of pause and, and thanks that on the north american continent technically uh we have one country that is embracing natural medicine amazing right. uh let's see what else we got today uh let's see i've got my you know what's on the beard? oh, your- oh yeah. one,
1: one last story here
0: yeah another food thing let's see if i can find it here uh what's on your plate now we talked about the dirty dozen and they've added blueberries into this um there are other things that are you know on and that green list.
1: beans, by green the way. Green
0: beans as well, yeah. yeah. And, and we grow uh, green beans. We don't grow blueberries here. I used to grow blueberries. In, uh, we had them in Georgia and we had them in Florida. Uh, not so much out west, but the the raspberries and the blackberries, oh my gosh. But yes, all of those things have a lot of surface area. If they're grown chemically, you want to avoid them, even though they normally they're good because they're high in antioxidants and other, other things. Strawberries are another big baddie. And spinach, you want to make sure those are organic uh, as well. Uh, but If we look at this issue of what's on your plate, 60% of the foods in America contain unhealthy additives. And we're not talking about from the soil necessarily, but from the mind of medical man, in a sense. I've said this, modern agriculture is madness. Monoculture, monocropping, uh, chemical agriculture, genetic modifications. We're talking about additives, preservatives, sweeteners, colorings, flavorings, and uh, these levels represent a 10% increase since 2001. So we're using more of them, and you wonder why should I go organic or the equivalent? Remember Secret Ingredients, the movie that uh, uh, Jeffrey Smith and Amy Hart put out. 90 minutes you can learn, and your kids will go, "Mom, Dad, we we really need to do better. We need to start growing our own food or bringing more organic into our lives. Food additives are ubiquitous, uh, and it shouldn't be, but that's become a normal part of our ingestion process. And uh, just like I said, what do you think it's doing to your microbiome, the seat of your immune system and so many functions? When you go out to eat and you are not asking the questions about how has this food been grown? What is it being cooked in? Like a lot of the vegetable oils. I I just, you know, we talk about uh, a chain like Chipotle, which by and large has done really good stuff. Overall, in terms of fast food, cleaner foods, sometimes organic foods, but you come to find that most of these places are still using you know vegetable oils high in omega six, very pro-inflammatory, and subject to uh, damage under heat, high heat, which is what they're doing. They're cooking with vegetable oils. That's another problem that we haven't fully considered in our culture. As we as we go to health food stores, and you could still find canola oil. Oh, it's organic, uh, and also low fat, no fat chemical crap storms so um super don as we're wrapping up the show we're going into the the bonus round momentarily uh apologize to any virgin ears out there today our our two guests which we didn't get to pre-clear but they were dynamic and wonderful Elon and uh a guy i think they dropped some f uh, well, at least one f-bomb but it was very quick i didn't
1: there were three three, three. different occasions i think yeah. where something happened and
0: Thankfully, we're not dealing with FCC rules. Yeah, But we yeah. try to be, you know, family-friendly. So you can explain to the kids, hey, it happens. But they probably all have heard it. <laughs> but uh, other than that, like I said, I thought they were – and even that's not bad per se, but it's just our uh, – it's where we try to go. But thank you for them uh, coming on. Thank you as well for Bobby and Cox for being on the show today. Thank you all for being here and sharing the show, signing up for the newsletter and all of that. Thank you, Super Don, for being so awesome. But it doesn't have the same – Sound awesome, Don. Awesome, Don. Super Don is better. It's good. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, if you don't mind, we'll take a quick pause, sixty seconds. If you're live, a blip. If you're later on the podcast, we'll be back with a bonus round because the power to heal is yours. What was that image behind there? I'm looking on. It says live show. Is that like a a a background placeholder on where you played the video from? See what I'm saying in in Restream? Yeah. Because it Wait, doesn't – like I'm seeing that the, 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 it just says live in big letters, the whole screen and show in it. You see it?
1: Yeah, that's just the frame of the video that it, for whatever reason, is showing up.
0: Okay. That's just that's a, the video I just played. Yeah, okay. I just, yeah. you know, I just saw that and thought I'd ask. Uh, I love okay. the uh, yeah. suggestions we get from the chat room live. Uh, uh, Stephen says, LOL, to go along with the question of the day, the show could feature the conspiracy theory of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a funny the conspiracy
1: guessed. theory of the day. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, all right, fine. Let's go with that for just a second. Mm-hmm. So Robert, if we were going to do a, the conspiracy theory of the day, how mm-hmm. would we do that? What, 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 what would you consider? Hey, <laughs> I, I think this is yeah. an interesting question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, since you are the podcaster that covers conspiracies, you're an expert on this apparently. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. yeah. So what would you say is a conspiracy theory? If you had to name, just Mm -hmm. name one uh, thing that you would, would say qualifies Mm -hmm. as being a conspiracy theory.
0: Well, you use the word theory. And of course I I take issue with that because if we were to say, for instance, what others perceive to be theoretical, we, look at it as factual for instance the collusion between government agencies like FDA and FTC to suppress freedom of speech when it comes to uh, natural ways to stay healthy or get healthy or recover from disease right now they would say well that's just a conspiracy because those things that you're promoting aren't real anyway when when they say it's a theory it's like no no this actually happens you know regulatory capture is real for instance uh, but I guess you can go into the the rags like vice or daily beast and anything that they Ah uh, claim is a conspiracy theory we could cover and show how it's factual. <laughs> you know uh, that's where they all cry that word because their' status now. they're They're all about the man, the the government, the power, you know, all the things that they they claim to be against, they're now for. Uh, and for the forceful uh, acceptance of all those things that they either believe or are paid to believe. So that's that's my re- immediate response to that challenge or question.
1: So, in other words, it's really hard to answer the question, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. You throw one out, and we'll go. Okay, let's see. I I think we deal more. In, All
1: right. In- so I I just whenever I get stumped, you know where, where I go? Where do you go? I go to Chat
0: GPT. Oh no, no. So I just yet. asked.
1: I just asked mm-hmm. uh, Chat GPT to please list twenty conspiracy theories. Mm. And so, actually, you know what? Let me see. Well, actually, I can't show this on screen. Oh. The way it's set up here, I got it on the wrong browser. But so it, it comes back and it says, as an AI language model, I do not endorse or promote conspiracy theories. And I present the following list only as a neutral response to your request. All right, thank you. You know, whatever. Okay, okay I get it. So uh, conspiracy theory number one. Dude, we could we could do a whole segment on this. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, all right. So uh, conspiracy theory number one, according to J- Chat GPT. 9-11 was an inside job by the U.S. government.
0: Mm-hmm. There Conspiracy? Well, yeah, I mean, the conspiring, uh, we talked about the PNAC, the report, the Project for a New American Century. That was a conspiratorial effort that was not hidden to say what we need is another Pearl Harbor attack on our shores that would uh, rally the American people to support us as we occupy various areas of the Middle East under the guise of fighting terrorism. So is it a theory or is there a fact that supports that nine eleven had elements of being an inside job? Certainly not everybody in government was aware of it. And there are rogue elements and deep state elements. But uh, if you nuance that statement, you're like, yep, there were insiders certainly involved in that. You can't deny that unless you're a moron. There we go. I got it now.
1: All right. Exactly. Uh, uh, conspiracy number is uh, theory number two. The moon yeah. landing was faked by okay. NASA. <laughs> You and I have talked about this one before. Yeah. You believe well, that it was fake.
0: Well, I, I think there are problems that that I have not had adequate responses to in terms of explanation. This is mm-hmm. where I am. So I'm partly agnostic. I'm open to the possibility, although I have a hard time conceiving of how the astronauts could survive the, the radiation belts uh, between you know, right. the earth and the moon, a, dude, and, I, I,
1: you know, I got to hand it to you. I mean, that is, uh, and, and uh, I've had an a good astronaut
0: point. talk about that, that they don't have the shielding to, to be able to, so they've admitted things like that. There's certainly so many anomalies in terms of things the, that don't make sense, photographic right. and videographic evidence of, of the so-called landing that, that still also don't make sense. But I say, all right, convince me, uh, right. make it so that I, the things that I pointed out that I think are really problematic are not a problem anymore. You're like, Oh, that's silly. Here's why. And that has yet to happen. So yeah. All right.
1: Conspiracy. Number three, the COVID-19 pandemic is a hoax. Oh Oh, dear.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, you got to nuance that statement, right? If we say that that the, uh, uh, I
1: think there's different levels, right? There's different levels of this. Mm -hmm. Um, just to put it out as a blanket statement, it, 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 it requires Mm -hmm. more context.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and, You know, what about it is a hoax? Of course, we we realize the danger to children, that's a hoax. Mm -hmm. Other than, you know, what we know that the uh, fear that was made over the most vulnerable dying being rounded up like in New York and and, and just dying and then saying everybody's going to do that too. Or other isolated incidents like in in, uh, uh, Italy where they said, oh, look at all these people. And there are some certain things that could explain that. uh, But that led to the real uh, agenda was the mRNA technology being Right. Rapidly. Po- and were put there out.
1: parts of, of what happened over the last three years that were total BS? Of course. Uh, of yeah. course there were. And this is proven. Mm-hmm. And so to say that was a hoax, you know, like again, you, you know, this is just one sentence that, that it has all kinds of different uh, things mm-hmm. that are, are yeah you know, that need to be explained. I all like, right. So
0: I like Steve's response as, a, as an option to explain the moon landings. Steve says maybe the Apollo lunar astronauts used an earlier version of folium PX (laughs) to counter the radiation. There you
1: go. There you go. See, I knew there was an explanation. Thank you very
0: much. If they had the Chernobyl level antioxidant folium PX back then, maybe there's a rational explanation. They took enough. and 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 So Steve,
1: thank you. You, What you've done is you've now, you've now given a a possible scenario Mm -hmm. that it could have been true. So now what I need you to do, Steve, is I need you to convince Robert, that the the uh, the star dude in the in the Tesla is real as well. That's that's oh, already. That, the- oh, that's crap.
0: That's so stupid. Yeah, they sent a right. Tesla up to space. I'm not buying. Okay. It. All right,
1: All moving right. on. Uh, okay, uh, number four: chemtrails are being used for population control.
0: Okay, well, I mean, you can nuance this and say, uh, chemtrails are they real? Uh, of course, we call it geoengineering, and then you get into an argument of what is it used for. Is it for that or is it for weather manipulation, the blocking out of the sun's rays to cool the atmosphere, for instance, which is, you know, these are patented things that are easily accessible if you do a little research. So you could argue, well, it could be argued it's not for population control, but could an end result be it reduces population? Sure, of course. But uh, now you're getting into motives. Uh, as far as why it's brought out and that all that can be argued till the end of the day you know and maybe we'll never get to an answer
1: all right now this this next one this is a this is a man you know i don't i don't even know now we're really getting into into places here number five the illuminati control the world do you believe the illuminati is a real thing
0: oh yeah it absolutely is a real thing yeah yeah how do we how do we get it to where we're still on the cameras uh the 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 thing while this thing's on there you've had that before
1: no oh, i did that so people could read it
0: okay Holy cow, what so, did you
1: do what did you do did hold i on. do something yes you did all right i, I think it, you did but
0: you know how you make that one screen big and us oh living? i see what That's you want do. yeah, to do yeah
1: gotcha so we'll do this here
0: yeah see if you can figure out how to. no do that.
1: okay like, then no hold on yeah
0: there oh, we yeah, go you did it so there we can Yay. still read. okay okay <clears> so um let's the see. illuminati Right, so again, a real secret organization that does exist. Uh, do they rule the world? I, you know, what do I? What does that mean to rule the world? Certain aspects. This is like you know, Da Vinci Code about. kind of stuff. Yeah, right? if we talk about the bankers uh, and those behind the banks, they control the economic world to a large degree. As we've seen, the intent to go central bank digital currency. You know, we've talked about the ties between the private ownership of the Federal Reserve, the families in the banking industry for generations, maybe eons. Uh, going back to the you know, now in the modern context, World Bank International Monetary Fund, how much the Illuminati is involved in that? I don't know. I, I mean, look, you can go down rabbit holes and, and never come back for air and lose right. yourself in that. And that's right. a risk. And so as we cover this, I just want to say this as a caveat. If you start digging deep on these things, and and I would urge you all to read uh, official stories uh, by our good friend, Liam Sheff. It kind of puts perspective and humor in it. You've got to find a way to laugh at this stuff or else it's just too devastating and you feel powerless, and that's not my intent in covering this or even those that question that the chat GPT puts out for us to ask. We're just having fun. Yeah, we're trying to – We're just having fun down. here.
1: Why not? All right, uh, number six, the earth is flat. Gosh, darn it. Here we go the,
0: again. The is, right? This is at the risk of upsetting people we love and care about too. Yeah. Honestly, I just don't have the wherewithal. I know we've talked about bringing on people from time to time to talk about it, but I'm just – i get I just get so exhausted – In dealing with it, there's so many ways to to show that there's a curvature on the Earth that uh, they don't debunk; they just change the subject, change the 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 topic, or some deflect and distract. Um, Yeah, I mean, and and this I don't mean this because we have people that we love and care about that really are into flat Earth theory or uh, the firmament. Maybe some people reference biblical and they perceive it and believe it that way. I I love those people just the same. There's not, but I just can't go there. I have looked into it and it's just like, even so the arguments sound convincing. If you can just look beneath the veneer, they don't all add up, but they're very convincing. If you start going into it and listening to it and they are true believers, but I believe that flat Earth theory has been utilized as a, a psyop to distract us from the fact that there are facts that you can identify and validate. And yes, with flat earth, they say everything's fake. There's nothing that's real. So it, it takes many people off track to the point where they can't ever find so-called solid ground on anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I saying would agree. With, with I would agree
1: with you on that because I have had various interactions with people on the "everything is fake" thing.
0: Correct. Yeah. it's like
1: there's no way everything can be fake, and everything is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just too much. I think that to me, that is somebody who's gone way too far down. Mm -hmm. Uh, into the rabbit hole that they they've they're lost and they can't find their way out but in any case yeah uh, all right number seven the holocaust never happened
0: and of course we'd talk to the people that are still alive that lived in it i mean what are you going to say to that that's where the, the concept of holocaust denialism comes out that word denialist which is is unfortunate because it shuts down any discussion or debate and you've heard people say you you're not allowed to talk about it at all and i've talked about some of the controversies right you know uh, being of jewish descent you know having family members you know various places of the planet and you can tie back to germany as well and if we were to say hey maybe 6 million jews were not killed during the holocaust does that mean i'm anti-jewish or i'm a holocaust denialist as a person that has been raised in judaism no, I don't think so. I think it means we're able to look critically at like, well, let's look at the numbers. Do I deny that many, many people, in fact, millions of people were killed in World War II? not just Jews, but gypsies, uh, the, the uh, infirm, the, you know, handicapped on and on it goes. Yes, the Jews were the primary targets of, of, of that. But um, I, I just would like that we could discuss it without going apoplectic and like you're anti-Jewish if you if you bring up, hey, maybe the numbers aren't exactly accurate.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I say I think in yeah. in, in this sentence here, this explanation, yeah. this this goes to somebody who just says at ah, uh, one yeah. of those everything is fake people, right?
0: No, exactly. Yeah. yeah it, no, it, it never happened. Level, right. That you can't you can't enter a discussion at that point.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, boy, I, you want to keep going on this?
0: How are you guys doing out there? Um, by the way, I see a, a message from Chris about our website. I mean, he's getting a message that...
1: That's he, a glitch. It happens occasionally. It'll it'll rectify itself. Okay. It's been doing that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yes. You know, this next one, we'll just stop here. Um Because, okay. I mean, we could go on. But it is, this is interesting, actually. I like this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the JFK assassination was a conspiracy. Wasn't that just recently yeah. proven? Yeah. I mean... <laughs>
0: Really, that's that's, that's ChatGPT needs to throw out. That's not a theory. That's not a theory. Come on, dude. That's not a theory. Yeah, hey, I'm, um,
1: failed. the 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 training on ChatGPT may not have caught up to the most recent uh, uh, development. Yeah,
0: revelations. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is the reason why you know when when a, a, a outlet like Vice mm-hmm. comes around and it says, "Oh, he covers conspiracies." Well.
0: Now we've done that. We've done that for vice. There you we go. I guess
1: I guess that. you're not lying now. We've yeah. covered conspiracies.
0: How about that? Bolden's Do you find that interesting?
1: It is I guess it's kind of interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, ChatBGT is 4 4 is out now. A fourth version? Or oh, they keep Yeah, they
1: just, they just they just they just kind came out with the 4. And apparently it's already been in use from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh Dude, I can't I can't believe how quickly AI is being just adopted everywhere. All of a sudden, by everybody now. I mean, the, the, all the search engines are bringing it on. Google, uh, Gmail is yeah. going to be incorporating AI into it. Uh, the I, I think the the uh, some other part of some other Google product, Bing, which. Uh, I just started using again recently has mm-hmm. incorporated uh AI into it a kind of a competitor of chat GPT it's just everywhere everybody's doing AI now Wow, and you know and look i I the way I look at it, I understand the concerns about it, but the way I look at it is that there are good things that we can do with it as well, and the thing is it's not like it's gonna go away, so yeah. you know unless you plan on just turning off your computer and never getting on the internet, you're going to be interacting with AI it's just. That's just how it's going
0: to see that. Lori says she used to be a, an AI chat bot monitor. Is that that a thing? Really? And what is that? I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is. Honor for AI. Are you like making sure the AI doesn't misbehave? What was it? (laughs) Oh, behave. I wonder. Just curious about that.
1: Anyway, that was a nice, nice little, uh,
0: have to say, yeah, that was sure. fun. Uh, yeah. Oh, look at this! I got forwarded a message. <laughs> um, you know the Utah Safe and Effective film that you don't have time to watch, Super Don? Yeah. Uh, uh, so they forwarded me a message from somebody named Lucy in Vancouver, British Columbia. Okay. You want to read it? Sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow! Brilliant. You're also a homeopath. That's pretty hot. (laughs) Ooh, hey. And then in parentheses, she says, I'm an old lady. (laughs) (laughs) Just so brilliantly, almost neutral. Very smart. I am repeating myself. Thanks and more from me soon. I support so many people like you with small donations that I have to start watching it. But thanks. Thank you so much. Lucy from the middle of Vancouver Island. I didn't read her last name. That's cute. That was funny
1: that's
2: pretty
0: hot,
1: hot hot homeopath
0: that is pretty hot
1: that's cute Could you imagine like a like a a, a holiday calendar of homeopath. homeopaths right yeah. yeah how
0: many of us are is there enough to fill a calendar <laughs> i just wondered Sh- shaking the the the, the dynamization the and, process right yeah. yeah not like a shake weight please but uh <laughs> dude, this oh is stop funny. it why did you even say that that is so funny so Anyway, Did you yeah. Ever see yeah, that yeah.
1: South Park episode with the shake weight?
0: Uh, I don't think I saw it, but I imagine it must have been hilarious. Yeah, they don't—they don't hold back. Oh my gosh! So what yeah. do we got tomorrow? Uh, today was a good show. I'm telling you, those brothers—we we didn't even know they were going to show up because we—we we didn't. There were some fu- communication things that we were trying to reach the person that helped connect us, and we're like, yep. we're planning that they're not going to show up, and they showed up like right before the show started, and they ended up being awesome. Yeah, really good stuff and. Yeah. Go check
1: out, uh, check out what they're, what they're doing over at the, uh, our website. Click on the link, get, get, uh, plugged into what they're yeah, doing. We'll you. have them on again. Cause these yeah. guys, I mean, it's just, you, you can't send do everything out
0: like a, a little blurb in, in like the newsletter just to, for people to, 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 to well, I don't yeah, know, I'll send
1: an email yeah. out. I, I gotta, yeah. I gotta get a hold of,
0: uh, some people to make that happen, but yeah, well, that's, that was cool. Yeah. And then uh, Bobby Ann's doing just great work there in New York as an attorney. I respect her. And I don't know how she does it, honestly. I don't know. She's not from a big firm, but somehow she's doing it. Thank goodness for people like her. And it sounds like I, I wouldn't mind if we could tap into uh, that Atlanta event, maybe have somebody re- that we know reporting from that event on what's going on, if it's possible. But, uh,
1: the technology does exist. We could probably figure that out.
0: Yeah, that would be cool.
1: So tomorrow we should have Jonathan E. in hour one. Yeah. And in hour two, we've got Dr. Stephen Soloway. Mm-hmm.
0: Good show tomorrow. And then Patrick, St. Patrick's Day, you're going to see Patrick? Yes. Yeah. How appropriate is that? Your son? That,
1: that's very appropriate.
0: Did you see um, the weather? Are you going to be okay? Is it the, the, the weather as, far as, yeah. be? Okay. as far as I know, yeah, as far
1: as I know. Okay. Everything should be fine. Uh, the temperatures are going to be up in the, I think, in the 40s or something like that. Okay. So, just, just to give you a heads up on Stephen Soloway, I just got his information here. He's the author of a book called Medical Politics How to Protect Yourself from Bad Doctors, Insurance Companies, and Big Government.
0: Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I think you guys
1: might have a few things to talk about.
0: By the way, did we send out anything about my interview on the Pat Militich uh, uh, podcast that they interviewed me on this week? Did we send anything? No. We oh, have, how we did people find it? I, I don't know. Cause I can't keep up with this stuff. This has been a crazy week for interviews for me. Uh, on so many shows and, and shout out to uh, James Weiler. Dr. Jack he invited me to speak on copper, a scientific presentation. Uh, we did that just the other night and I don't know how they make it available, but it was a fun interaction. Great Q and a smart, smart people. I enjoyed that. Uh, so thanks Dr. Jack and Jack, and also Dr. Jack po- posted about the, uh, the documentary. And thank you. And and if you guys have po- uh, podcasts or, or uh, what do you call, substacks, please send out, let people know about the documentary. Again, it's free, and you might learn something. I think it was very cool. So there you go. I was on Healing Strong podcast. I don't know when that airs. It's another thing. I'd yes. like to know when those things air so you guys can plug into them. Uh, let's see anything else before we wrap up here. All right. Any other questions or comments in the chat room? I, I don't know. Mean, no, no dead air. No dead uh, Bolden likes that A hot homeo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Steven says hot homeopath.com is available. Anybody want to get that? Really? Jump on it now. I just am so not there. That's funny, though. I, it makes me laugh. So if anybody wants to do that, have that. You know that.
1: what makes me laugh? What? That somebody went and checked to see if that domain is available. That's, That's awesome right there.
0: Very cute. Oh, well, Stephen is into everything. You can't keep him. can't limit his, <laughs> his experience on this planet. So, all right. All right. Well. Thank you all. I'm going to, I forgot to take my cardio miracle this morning. Sometimes um, I'll work out like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and take Wednesday, to just recover a little bit because I'm old, right? Uh, it's okay to one day a week, take a, take a rest. And uh, so my routine is out when I do that. Okay. Cause not every, sometimes I'll just go right through the week uh, and work out every day. But uh, if I don't, I'll often forget, oh, wait, I got to hit my cardio miracle before I head out. So uh, I'm going to do that right after the show. And, uh, all right. Cranking it up, man. Get that nitric oxide boosted.
1: I'm going to go see if there's any Amish chicken left.
0: Wow. Oh, sounds really good.
1: I shared that recipe once before. I say I'll say i have to dig that up. If anybody's interested, it's the most amazing stuff. Amish
0: chicken pot pie.
1: Yeah, Well, it's not a pot pie, but Could it would go good in a pot cream. pie, actually. I bet it It'd would be perfect.
0: Yeah, I think it would be So good.
1: anyway, all this talk of food, I'm ready to eat something. So thanks for tuning in, guys, and we will see you tomorrow.
0: Later, staters. I'm <laughs> sorry.